Welcome to Nintendo Main episode 14. This is our uh, Pokemon cast. We're going to we're going to reminisce about the old uh, red, blue and yellow and uh, talk about the re-releases that we got. Um, we are your hosts, myself Trey Johnson and Hey, what's up? It's me, Jeremy Mikowski. How's it going, man? Pretty good, man. I uh I downloaded Blue. Been playing that a little bit. Uh, I got to be I mean I got to be honest, like I've I've downloaded this on some emulators in the past. Uh, I used to have the actual cart, but I lost it or I sold it. I don't know. I haven't had it for a while, but just having those physical controls on the 3DS, you know, that's it's crucial. Yeah, didn't didn't you uh, didn't you play that on like a cell phone at one point? I remember I, you said you got like an old phone and you were able to get some sort of ROM for it, something like that. The Pokemon Blue. Well, my, yeah, it was my first Android phone. I think I got it in two thousand nine. You know, towards the beginning of all that stuff, and uh, a friend of mine showed me how to put. Uh, well, I think it was the same as like Nestor, but they had made a version of it for Android, so it was called like nestroid or something like that or i can't remember but uh there was like a bunch of different versions so there's the game boy version which is like game game droid i don't know whatever it was it was something i actually had to like my friend had to help me figure out how to do it i had to get uh i had to put uh, my sd card into a computer and do all this shit with it to get it to work but yeah eventually i got it to work and um, of course it didn't have physical control so that was pretty annoying but sure. Well, you used the. Did you use the 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 pad on the phone then for it? Yeah. What would happen uh, since the Game Boy resolution was so small? If you just played it in its native size or even slightly bigger, the the uh, the touch controls would still be underneath the screen, which was nice. Some other emulators aren't like that. So you just had like a virtual control pad below the screen. And it worked okay for what it was. And a game like Pokemon, the original Pokemons at least, you don't really need to rapidly dodge anything or and you can't move in a diagonal. So yeah. it works okay, but it's still just so much nicer having those physical controls. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, for for like an RPG like turn based thing like that, you could you could use a touchscreen for it. But um I mean what do you you know those those are like all the all the issues, all the problems that you have to go through just to play the game again. You know, you blame that on blame that on Nintendo somewhat for taking so long to re-release it, right? Yeah, no, you're not supposed to get ROMs and all that technically legally, but sometimes when they don't re-release games or it's like you know a lot like hundred some dollars to get a game, then it's kind of you know I, I find it okay to do that type of thing. You know, if it's not if it's not available. Well, it's also easy to justify it to yourself. If you have purchased that game before, well, that so, you too. Know, you feel yeah. like even if I don't currently own it, you know that's sort of a a murky area in the moral spectrum, I guess. But um, I mean, at, at one point in history, I paid for this game. You know, I bought it, and uh, so I wanted to continue playing it. That was the only method that was available. Sure. Without, like you said, without dropping a bunch of cash on getting another copy of an original cart, which is a pain in itself because you don't know how good the battery is going to be something that old, like most likely the battery is going to be dead. And then you have to mess with changing the battery out or get some user refurbished. Once again, you've got someone opening the game up. You hope they didn't mess anything up when they changed the battery out. So I, I like this option a lot better. 
Yeah, I was just saying, like, you know, there should be that option should be available more often, like the the digital download, you know. And I'm glad that they finally got around to it for Pokemon, but they took their sweet time. Yeah, you know, they took like 20 years to to get to that finally. So, oh, but, I mean, these are these are bare bones games. I mean, yeah, they added a little bit of functionality to it with a uh, wireless trading, but uh, you know, they they're charging a premium for them because they know they can. And I gladly dropped. Ten bucks on nine ninety nine, whatever you want to say. Yeah. I gladly did that, like the moment it was available. And so, even then, at that moment, I just felt a little ridiculous because I knew I was paying, you know, more than double the amount of any other Game Boy original release. Sure. Well, I mean, I think uh, most of them are like four or five dollars now. I think right on Virtual Console, like some some older some older Game Boy games. I guess you could find for four, but they're still like normally around five. So I don't yeah, know. I think I think it's five for a Game Boy Color, and a four for original Game Boy on the 3DS. Sure, but yeah, I mean it's it's Pokemon, and yeah, they can charge more for it. And but also, they, yeah, they did add some stuff to it, so you know, right? They, and the games interact with each other like they originally would have. Yeah, without so you can still trade without, but you can but you can do it without a without a connecting cable now. So I guess that's cool. You know, if you're able to do that. It would have been nice if they could have incorporated some sort of internet trade on there. I know that would be like a whole other thing because they'd have to make a, they'd have to make like an operating system for that and all that. But it would be cool. I uh, yeah, it'd be really cool. I I made a I wrote down a list of like stuff, of like specific things that are different in the first because I haven't played the first Pokemon in a long time, but I've played I've played a good amount of the uh, of the newer ones as they go around go, as they've come out. Like there's there was like a. There was a, like a time there where I took a break for a while, but then those last few ones that have come out, I've played all those. But um, I just made like a list of like major differences and annoyances that are that have been fixed in later Pokemon games that you know are in this one, like stuff that I noticed, which we can get into later. Did you uh, did you watch the uh, Pokemon Direct from last week? We had that right uh, right before the game released on Saturday. I did. It was uh, it was very short, but it was full of news and. Confirmations of internet rumors. Yeah, the uh, Pokemon Rainbow was not correct. <laughs> the, the, what I when I saw that one kid put up, what I mentioned last on the last week's show. But um, yeah, Pokemon and Moon and Sun got got leaked online. So a lot of it was kind of stuff that we already knew. You know, it was wasn't a whole lot of surprises. I don't think. I mean, I, everybody had sort of speculated a, w- a way for the Pokemon to bank, like the internet bank, but. Um, so they they announced that, but it's a shame that it only works on uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon. It would be nice to be able to take them out and use them in like X and Y and uh, Omega Red and uh, Alpha Sapphire, like now, you know. So is the so what they're saying is that the because I because I kind of I watched it a couple of times, but I wasn't one hundred percent clear. And it sounds like you know what's going on. Uh, so these games, uh, the re-releases, uh, Red, Blue, and Yellow work with Pokemon Bank, but you can only transfer the Pokemon to Sun and Moon. Is that what you're saying? That's what it, that's what it appears so, yeah. When, it, when they, what they said in the Direct, they didn't mention anything about you being able to use it in X and Y or Alpha Sapphire and Omega Ruby. So it's one of those, from this point forward, if you get Sun and Moon, that's, what, that's the point where you can have your full collection when those games are released. Yeah, you can you can bring the ones that you catch in this re-release into that one, which I'm really I'm interested to see what they do with that because 
they've added a lot of stuff to the Pokemon like over the years. And the ones from the original generation, they're not like they're not that strong, and they don't they don't like learn as many moves as like the newer versions of them do. And plus, there's like like I had in my list, there's like like you can't breed them, like they don't have sexes, like there's not a male and female Pokemon and all that, which or male or female like Pikachu or Charizard or whatever, which happens later in the other versions. So it's kind of like. I don't know. It's pretty primitive, so they have to. There'll have to be a lot of balancing that they do when they finally bring it in there to to Sun and Moon, just to try to catch it, catch it up to what it is now. I guess it's weird. I mean, I guess there's so, still a couple that you can't transfer that I heard, but I don't know. So that kind of makes sense then, because they're probably still working on that, and that's why it won't be available till the next iteration. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. Yeah, that, that's that's what I think. So I think it's maybe the maybe the reasoning that it, you can't use it on X or, on X or Y, but but you know at least you can use it on Sun and Moon, which we did, they didn't really show a whole lot about that. I kind of wish they would have shown more Sun and Moon stuff than just you know people catching Pokemon in different languages and all that. They they I feel like they spent too much time telling you that it'll be available in six languages. <laughs> it's like oh, well that's cool, but I don't know. Say a little bit about the Pokemon Sun and Moon stuff. I think. I guess that's a teaser. That's a teaser trailer, like in its purest form, because they are teasing you. Because yes, you know for a fact that this new game is coming out, or this new series, or whatever you want to call it. But uh, so far, they're, they're, all they're really letting you know is you can play it in Chinese now. You can play it in some other languages. Yeah, like two different types of Chinese. Now there's a tra- what traditional and uh, Mandarin in there. Yep. So you know you got that. But, uh, Which I, I mean, think is great, but obviously that doesn't directly affect me. When I was looking, when I was looking on the eShop, I saw I saw that there are three different versions of each of the Pokemon games and different languages. So that's cool. You have the ability to jo- to buy different ones. I was talking to my girlfriend today when I was looking at the eShop. I'm like, holy crap! If I wanted to work on my Spanish a little bit, I could download Pokemon Blue in Spanish and. You know, I pretty much it's like a Rosetta Stone kind of thing where I've got both versions and I can compare them. And yeah, if I really want to dig that deep, yeah, I bought a. There was a. What was it? The Star Wars. There was a Star Wars trilogy game on Game Boy Advance that came out like years ago that I got, and there was like six different languages on that. So I kind of tried playing around with it in different languages just because I knew the just because I knew the dialogue from Star Wars so well. I'd be like, well, let's see, like what you know, let's see what the dialogue is for. The, the I am your father part in French, you know, and just go through that and try to teach myself in that way, but it didn't really work. But it was still interesting to see, you know. It's just a fun little extra if you want to play around with it. It's nice to have that option. Sure. And I guess it really does open up, you know, possibilities. I mean, at this point, it's still local trading, but, you know, what? who knows? Maybe you would meet someone who owned a different language version and be great to be able to transfer Pokemon from one version to the other still and trade and stuff. So, you know, I think it's cool that they're making it more accessible and I, I imagine they'll continue to do so because it's the second biggest video game franchise that there is. Yeah. It's a uh, second to Mario. Well, for Nintendo, I know it's their second uh, highest grossing property. So yeah, keep it accessible and, and it's no surprise there's a new Pokemon game coming out. I mean, I don't think anyone's really surprised. But it was kind of cool how they announced it on the 20th anniversary. And, you know, that that was a nice little uh, presentation that they had. And 
they kept it short and sweet, and I approve. Thumbs up. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I was interested when it said, like, five minutes. I'm like, well, what are they going to do? But, yeah, they showed they showed enough, I think. In the um, in the new like in the DS in the DS and 3DS ones, you can actually you can trade with people in other countries through like Wonder Trade. Like I've gotten like I've gotten uh, Japanese Pokemon and uh, like you know Spanish Pokemon or whatever through that. So it is possible in the new Pokemon games to trade across the world. Good. So they're just retrofitting that to Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow. Yeah, I well, I guess like maybe there weren't. I don't know. It's yeah. They're just making it more accessible, more more different languages. I'm sure there were different releases in different countries that had, you know, that language on it. But now it's available digitally, so you can get them from you know if you're in America and you speak and you don't speak English, you can get a different version. So that's that's good, you know. Or even if you're just more comfortable playing in your native language. Sure. So uh, how much? Um, uh, how much time have you put into uh, Pokemon Blue? Like, uh, I've been playing the crap out of Pokemon Yellow. That's the one that I ended up getting because I never played that one. And there's there's like a little some little tiny enhancements in that one where like you can get all the you can get all the starter Pokemon which you couldn't in Red or Blue. And also there's like somewhat of a color palette that was that was available on uh, Game Boy Color. So like the the towns change color like depending on like each color is a each town is a different color when you get to it, and some of the Pokemon are colorful also. That's nice. I actually considered downloading yellow because of the color aspects, and I was a little surprised that you couldn't do, you know, a palette enhance- enhancement. Because they added other extra stuff, so it would have been nice if you could have done that with blue and red. But I also understand they were trying to keep it true to the source in that regard. So it is, it is kind of, I don't know, I'm having a good time playing this very archaic game, and uh, I say I'd say I put about two hours into it. I haven't really played it, the shit out of it, so to speak. But I'm having a good time with it. I'm taking my time and trying to catch Pokemon and uh, level up my starter. I, I chose uh, Bulbasaur. Oh yeah, he was Did my. I Bulbasaur? No, no, no. I chose. Uh, sorry, I chose Squirtle, uh, and oh, I Squirtle. named him after my cat. Yeah, I named, oh. it, I named him after my cat, so it's pretty fun fighting with them sure yeah my i was gonna say my first uh choice with the when i played pokemon blue originally was uh was bulbasaur but uh squirtle's good it's actually uh what i noticed in the yellow one is that it's actually more difficult because you don't because you don't have the starters available from the from the beginning like the very first uh gym is uh made up of like ground and rock type pokemon which uh th- which like lightning or electric pokemon is completely weak against so you kind of have to go out of your way to like level up other Pokemon that you found, so they can have um, specific moves that can beat that type of Pokemon. Where because uh, Pikachu is pretty worthless in that first gym, whereas like if you had like the um, any of the starters, like especially the water one, it would be a lot easier. So I noticed that there's a, diff- a little bit more of a difficulty in the yellow one playing through it. Yeah, I just I just beat Brock actually earlier tonight. And, uh, yeah, it was really easy. I just used, I believe I used Tail Whip, which lowers his defense, lowers the defense. Then I used Bubble. So I was able to just completely slaughter the first gym leader in like less than two minutes, I think. Yeah. No, the, yeah, the, the water, the water attacks work really, really well for the uh, rock and ground type. So it's, it's easier that yeah. way around. 
it took it took me a while but i mean i had to like i said i had to i actually had to look online and figure out like because i had like a butterfree that that earns that will earn like a psychic type move eventually that i had to get to and get some of my other characters to get like um get like fighting type moves but yeah it was it was difficult for me that that first time through it's probably better for you too though because you're you're starting that uh you're starting what you need to do which is level up each pokemon and uh, build teams that you can use against different gym leaders so that's kind of what the game eventually evolves into i think and so it just gets you into the fray of it quicker is what it sounds like to me yeah, it does. Um, but what what I ran into with the first game when I was playing it the first time through is like if you you know if you have your starter with you all the time, it, they'll end up being like much higher than everybody else. And you'll kind of use that one like if you're in any sort of situation because if you're even if the types you know even if it's a type that isn't like strong against the other one, if you're like twenty levels above the one that you're fighting, you can still like tackle them to death, you know, or whatever. So yeah, yeah. So it's good to it's good to try to keep it try to diversify it if you can and try to keep other ones leveled up, you know, which I try to do. Now, now, I know on yellow that Pikachu follows you all the time. Is that true if you take him out of your six party? Is he still following you around? No. If you if you take him out or if he faints, he doesn't follow you anymore. Like, if he gets knocked out in a battle, obviously, he's not going to follow you around. And he also gets really okay. pissed off at you if you if, you, if he gets fainted. Because you can, like, turn around and... and like interact with him to like to a point like you just turn around and push a like on the pokemon and on the pikachu and it'll show you like his emotions or like how he feels and if and if you talk to him like right after he's been he's been knocked out he's all he gets all pissed he gets all pissed off at you for letting him get knocked out but he gets super happy after he's leveled up or like after you heal him or whatever there's a part in it where you get a there's a part where you get a squirtle if your Pikachu is happy enough, I guess. And I got stuck on it because I couldn't figure out. I was like, why? It's like my Pikachu isn't happy enough. So I tried like leveling, leveling up and all that. And eventually, I guess you have to beat the gym boss in that town before they let you have the Squirtle. So eventually I went in there with my oh. Pikachu completely like knocked out. And they just gave me Squirtle <laughs> without uh, without even talking about how your Pikachu is happy. He's like, here, just take this, you know, which I thought was funny. That is pretty funny. It's great. I mean, it's fun. It's fun playing this game and realizing how deep it was for. Essentially, it was presented as a kids' game, like a young kids' game. Um, from what I remember, like back in the day when it first came out, you know, I think it came out in what ninety six or ninety seven. Well, it came and out in Jap- a- yeah, it came out in Japan in ninety six, but I think it came out here a little later. I felt like I didn't get into it until like ninety seven or ninety eight, but I don't know. I don't know the exact. By the time it came part. out here. It- by the time it came out here, like my younger brother, who's five years younger than me, was completely smitten by it and was really, really into it. And I just remember kind of being, I don't know, feeling like I was too old for Pokemon, I guess. Which is kind yeah. of lame. I wish I hadn't been that way, but that was sort of my initial reaction back when I was 15 or 16 when the game came out originally. Sure. I was going to say, you're, you're never too old for Pokemon, man. The, well, I, mean, I know I, that. Now. Yeah. Yeah. That, that game is pretty complicated for uh, for what it is. Like I, I wouldn't I wouldn't consider it a kids game. I mean, just from playing it, you know, I feel like it's complex. But yeah, a lot of kids were able to get into it. Actually, one of my like step nephews, he like traded me my first Abra because I couldn't figure out how to catch one. Like when I was like seventeen, and he was like, I don't know, 
eight, <laughs> you know, and he and he traded that one to me because it because they like the the abras they teleport like right when you find them, so it's hard to catch them. Like they run away right when you find one, so I wasn't able to weaken it or like knock it out or anything. So he just traded me his one. So he had figured that one out before I did when I was seventeen. But yeah, it's a it's I mean it's I think you can get into it in any age, but um. So that was your was that I was going to ask you what your original experience with Pokemon was. I know you got blue. You, well, you said you had blue before, but like, what brought you? What brought you to get that? Was it because your brother had it, or? Well, yeah, because I uh, my bro- like I said, my brother was super into it, and he played through red and blue, and then he got a hold of a Game Shark, and he was getting the secret Pokemon using the codes. Using the uh, whatever code to get like Mews and Mewtwo's and all that. I don't know. I mean, I remember him like explaining all this to me and just being completely flabbergasted by it. Like this game, like to really play it, you have to. I don't know. To get more satisfaction out of it for him, he had to like start hacking into it because he'd already like beaten it as much as he could. And then I remember he like even followed that up with getting a hold of. Uh, the uh, Pokemon trading card game right after it came out, he was obsessed with that, and he uh, also played the actual card game. So he taught me how to play uh, the trading card game like in real life, and that was sort of what I was like, all right, well, my brother really likes Pokemon, like maybe I should try to like learn a little bit more about this, and you know, because I always loved video games, and my brother did too, so it was sort of like. I viewed it as a connection opportunity for us. Like, so I got I got a hold of Blue. I think I purchased it at, you know, a Funko Land or something along those lines back in the day, back in the early 2000s. I had it for a few years. I I, I don't even remember how far I played into it. I mean, I, I had a few badges, I think, but I don't really like. I think he did some trading with me at one point. Gave me some really strong Pokemon that I didn't that helped me out a little bit. Yeah, my experience is kind of muddled just when I think back on it because I was uh, my brother was so fanatical and I was just trying to catch up, I guess. Sure. The um I just I just looked for a second. The actual the actual release date for the American one was was September 28th of 98 of 1998 for Pokémon, just what we were saying earlier. Cuz I felt like it was later than 96. But um did you guys, uh, did you guys like play, did you guys like, uh, fight against each other or like trade Pokemon and all that, like after you got into it? Cause I know there's a lot of them that, uh, that only evolve like after you trade. Or like it's, it was good to have somebody else who had a copy cause then you could trade off the, um, that's like the only way to get the, all the starters, you know, is to trade them off from the beginning and then erase your game and do it again, you know? Yeah, I think we played a few matches, but like I said, I was in college at the time and I was at home. You know, once every couple of weeks, and we'd hang out a little bit. But it was mostly just me trying to get through the the one player campaign. I just remember it came out. It came out in the time of like '64, uh, you know, and there wasn't a whole lot of uh, turn based RPGs on that system. So I was like, I liked it because it was a turn based RPG, and you know, it was really it was overly popular, and it was a Nintendo franchise. So. That was like why I, why I got into it, you know. I was like, oh, it's for Game Boy, you know. Game Boy is kind of aging, but you know, it was really cool for what it was. And I remember playing the crap out of it, like when I was, uh, you know, when I was when I was eighteen, and that that summer, and through like ninety nine and two thousand. Yeah, that was another thing about that game when it came out. It it really legitimized the Game Boy because 
you know, however late into the Game Boy's life, what, nearly 10 years into its life, you were, you, there was this game that just completely revitalized it and made it a device that kids were taking to school with them. And, you know, they were just had their own, like, economy going that they were developing with each other where they were trading and fighting and creating their own, like, tournaments. And I don't know, it was, it was a cultural revolution in a way, like, for video games because RPGs had been more of a, like, you know, like a, a novelty. And then I think that Pokemon just kind of really brought RPGs into the limelight for younger players. And it was probably a really important moment for RPGs in general, and not even just in the U.S. audience, but, you know, sure. making a game that was a true traditional turn-based RPG that was just, like, crack for little kids. Sure. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I, I mean, I, I thought it was crack for everybody. Like, I was, you know, I was 18, and I was I was loving it. I mean, I played the crap out of it, even watched the show and bought bought some of the uh VHS tapes of that also. Which the show is on is on Netflix now, so I watched I've watched some of the some of the old one, like just to get back into it and for like, you know, for studying up for this for this episode as well. So it's it's you know, it's still okay in its own right, you know, for a nineties anime show. I think it's I think it's alright. Some episodes are better than others, but I still enjoy it. Another memory I have of Pokemon is uh I think it was in 2001 and 2002 I worked in at a summer camp. Uh, so, like, it was kind of a day camp where, you know, it was essentially a, a, a daycare. But the kids would come and they would spend all day there from, like, 7 a.m. to, like, 4 or whatever, whatever their parents picked them up. And we'd have, like, classes and there was pool time. And, you know, it was, so, it was a whole camp set up where there was things to do. But... There was just so many kids that were just sitting at the picnic tables with their Game Boy Advances playing Pokemon. Uh, well, it would have been the Game Boy Advance versions at that point. Uh, the, the ones Ruby that had the wireless. Ruby and Sapphire? Yeah. yeah, the ones that you use the wireless transfer device. And those, those ki- I just remember seeing like, you know, at least one out of probably 10 kids was just playing their Game Boy constantly like outside in the sun during the summer you know they were getting they were getting outside but they were actually still just playing their games well we had to because that first game boy advance didn't have a backlight you know so you had to play it out in the sun right it looked it looked it would look better that is true so in a way it did encourage children to go outside do you remember completely off topic but do you remember the game boktai do you remember that game i guess it was a hideo kojima game for game boy advance where like uh Part of it was playing it in the sunlight, in the sunshine. It had like a solar panel on the on the uh, cartridge. What was it called? The sun is in your hands. Well, it was called Boktai, but uh, but yeah, that was probably like the subtitle for it. It was like the sun is in your hands, but I never got it. But I but I read that yeah, it required you to play it outside because you had to like, I guess, store the sun somehow through the solar panel on the game on the game. But it was a. It was a Hideo Kojima game, believe it or not, the Metal Gear guy. So maybe we'll get back to that now that he's not on Konami anymore. I really wonder how they would... That's the kind of game they couldn't bring to the virtual console unless they, there was a solar sensor and a newer version of the uh, 3DS because uh, I think you could play through that game. If I remember, I researched it a while back. 
you could play through it without going outside, but it made it a lot harder. You had to collect power-ups that would do the same thing that you would get from the solar sensor. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure there was a way to play through it without, but probably wasn't as fun or as as easy, right? It, it, right. Yeah. Yeah. Not very forward-thinking for the future, the post-apocalyptic future when everyone's in vaults underground. Like, you have to make the game accessible to those people, too. Well, they'll just add a, they'll add some sort of way to put a fake sun, sun in there, you know, which, if they even re-release it. Or we've, or we've been playing games when there's vaults and, uh, everything's like Chrono Trigger and, you know, we, we, we get to sleep but never get full, you know. You're fully restored, but you're still hungry. Yeah. I was just, uh, I was just gonna ask you, like, how many of the, if, if you just stopped at Pokemon Blue or if you played any of the later ones after that? I played a little bit of Silver. I can't remember if it was silver or gold. I owned one of those, too. And I played a little bit of it, but I've just never really had much luck latching myself into the Pokemon games, with the exception of some of the spinoffs. I've really liked some of the spinoff games, but uh, as far as the core series goes, I've played a lot of them. Um, The last one I purchased besides Blue was uh, Pokemon Y, so I own... Uh, Pokemon Y on my 3DS. Oh, you have Pokemon played, Y? I do, I do. And I played through it, I probably put five or six hours into it. You know, I, I did get into it for a little bit, but for whatever reason, something about the Pokemon games, like, I get distracted and then I, then I feel intimidated coming back to them after, you know, a long break. Like, I, I don't remember what I was doing. And, um, I don't know, I think it's just kind of a self-imposed thing, but you know, so that's why I've been of the mindset that I have to finish Blue, the, the original one that I had. I feel like if I if I can do that, that'll empower me to tackle why and play through it, and then possibly uh, move up to uh, oh shit, what were, what were the latest releases on 3ds? Um, well, the ones the that la- are after. The last one was a remake of the Game Boy Advance one. So it was a Alpha, it was an Alpha Sapphire and Omega Ruby were the last two that came out. But those are remakes of Pokemon Sapphire and Ruby on the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, those are remakes of the Game Boy Advance one. So maybe it would be best to play those after Y instead of going back to the Game Boy Advance versions. Sure. Yeah, I would say. Well, I mean, because yeah, they basically everything that you can do in Y you can do in those remakes also. You know, they brought all of that in there. So you can do the Wonder Trade and the online tra- trading and, you know, everything. Everything that's available now is now available in that. So, But uh, I was going to say, if you didn't if you didn't get X or Y, you should definitely get it because I thought those games were really good. Those are like, because, uh, like, I, I, I like, uh, I had Pokemon Silver and Gold, or not, I mean, I didn't have both of them. But I, I had Pokemon Silver, I had Pokemon Ruby, and I both played a little bit of those a little bit, but kind of lost interest pretty quickly. Like it was the first one that I, like Pokemon Blue was the one that I put all the time into. I had a I had like over a hundred and thirty some types. I was pretty close to collecting all of them. But uh, when the two other two came out, I guess I didn't want to put as much effort into it as I did the first one, so I kind of fell off for a bit. But then uh, it wasn't until Pokemon Black and White came out that I got back into it, which I thought those both of those were really good. Pokemon Black and White and Pokemon Black White. Two or were, were those great. are on DS, right? Yeah, those were the last DS ones. They came out right when the 3DS came out. So I originally, I remember I thought about getting a 3DS, but I decided to just get Pokemon for the DS. 
instead. And I l- really like that. Uh, I got Pokemon Black, but I really like that game a lot. And I end up getting Black too, also. And then uh, X and Y, and you know. And then after that, I've been trying to play all, play the more recent ones. But I missed out on like uh, Pokemon. What is it? Uh, Pearl and Diamond, I think. Was the other was the first DS one maybe, and I didn't play any of the Game Boy Advance remakes of the of the Game Boy games. I always kind of wanted to play like Leaf Green or Fire Red or like uh, of like a, was it Heart Gold and Soul Silver? I guess were the other two that they made. Yeah, so they've already remade most of the original ones at this point, like um, up to the DS, really, right? I think so. Yeah, they've remade like half of them, unless there's anything I'm forgetting that was on Game Boy Advance. Like I said, I took a break there. I took a break after Ruby, so uh, so I didn't really, I didn't really play, I didn't, I didn't really play anything again until Black and White. But um, but I remember hearing about about Pearl, and there, I feel like there might be something in there that I'm missing. Like maybe there's a generation. No, no, maybe not, because they're like, they're it's Generation Six right now is uh, is Pokemon X and Y. And the new and Sun and Moon will be Generation Seven, so that's uh, what is that like? Maybe I'm missing one because it's because it'd be blue, 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 red, gold, silver, uh, ruby, sapphire. That's three generations. Yeah. No, then pearl. Yeah, then pearl and and black and X Y. Yeah, so that's that's all of them. There's only six of them. There's only six generations. So I guess there's not. I guess all I missed was a uh, pearl. <laughs> was a uh, pearl and diamond, but. Those and, are the, and the first and, releases on DS. Yeah, those are the first DS ones. Okay, and I remember like I didn't play them, but I do remember uh, the reviews just saying like, kind of they still looked like Game Boy Advance games. They weren't like really taking advantage of the new hardware that much. Sure. Well, I mean, it's it's never really been. I mean, Pokemon's never really been like a graphically powerful game. I don't think. Even though I think like the X X and Y looked pretty good. Oh yeah, they look excellent. They look like GameCube games. Yeah, the Mew finally got those the three D Pokemon that you wanted, like the console one that we wanted. It finally got to like the generation of like three generations ago, you know, that everybody wanted for GameCube. Even though uh, I, we mentioned it before in our GameCube episode, but there were like a couple, there were a couple Pokemon RPGs on GameCube. There was uh, there was Pokemon XD and uh, the Pokemon Coliseum. Both had like single player RPG kind of campaigns on them, so that was pretty cool. I mean, you got that for a minute. I don't think they sold that well, but I played the Coliseum one and had fun with it. Which, uh, as an aside, I do remember uh, Stadium coming out on the N64. We're kind of backing up a little bit here, but sure. that's another memory I have of my brother getting a hold of that game, and uh, it was so cool when he plugged his uh, cartridge right into the controller and was able to play. You know, blue, red on the TV through the through the controller as the like. I, I just thought that was so cool that the controller itself was like, you know, what in the future would be like the Game Boy Advance pairing up with the GameCube or the DS pairing with the uh, the Wii or whatever. Like, you just plugged. I don't know. It was like the '64 controller turned into a Game Boy. I love Stadium when it came out. Like I talked before, like how much I like Super Game Boy, and I was excited to see that on the 64, where you could plug in the Pokemon games and play them on the screen. I remember getting the game like when I was in college at LCC, and um, wanting to play, wanted to play my friends who played Pokemon on there. And like one of them had just bought the game, and he plugged the game, he plugged the game in and started playing it on the TV. And I was like, uh, 
Well, it looks great, but uh, you can't play through the whole game like this. You know, we have to play some of the Pokemon Stadium stuff. But yeah, it was really cool to see the characters in 3D on the screen through Pokemon Stadium through the battle mode. And there was also a lot of really cool uh, mini-games on there, like Mario Party style, that you could play. That I remember having a lot of fun playing four-player. Yeah, those mini-games are a lot of fun. I remember, uh, who was it? I can't remember which uh, Pokemon it was. Was, the, was it Lickitung? It had the big tongue. There's like a sushi game where you had to like eat the proper sushi as it like passed by you on a conveyor belt. Yeah, that was a that was like a tongue. Yeah, there was like a poison one that would that you'd lose points for. There was also like the Clefairy one where like Clefairy would sing and you had to like point in the right direction. Like I, I remember, do you remember that? It's like a memory type game. Yeah, I think there was like a uh, blackboard or something. It was sort of set up like school. Yeah, it's a blackboard, and they would tell you like which direction to point with the analog stick, and you would try to like, you would try to do it. But like as you would do it, like Clefairy would sing, and I remember getting a kick out of that. Yeah, there were a lot of really quality spinoff Pokemon games, which I didn't know how much you wanted to get into that. But we can get into that just, too. I mean, you just can't using the franchise as a as a vehicle to try different games out. Sure. I was going to say like uh you can't you can't forget to mention Pokemon Snap. Like that game was really really cool for what it was. Uh, I en- enjoyed it. I love that game. I could I could play that game now like is it on virtual console? Is it on the Wii virtual console? I think it was on the Wii, but it never made it to Wii U. I believe it was on Wii virtual console. But um I'd yeah. I'd like to buy that game and play it again. I I had a blast with it and it was a lot of fun. It was kind of a precursor to the future of when everyone would have cameras on their phones and you take a bunch of pictures and then you pick you pick the best picture to save. You know how digital cameras are. Sure. I mean, it had, it had a lot of. I felt like it had some depth to it also because of the way they graded the the pictures and you kind of started thinking about it in a different way. You're like, oh well, you know, if you have more Pokemon. You would you, you would get this much. I remember like because the game isn't that long really, but I remember after I beat it, just trying to get just trying to find cool poses or like ways to get like the highest like one of the highest rated pictures. And plus, there was a lot of cool like little little Easter eggs in there where you could get some Pokemon to evolve from depending on how you would throw the fruit at them or like get them to walk into the water or whatever. I remember there's a part where you get like Slowpoke to like fish with his tail and then he gets the fish stuck on his tail and then he evolves into slow king or a slow bro or whatever whatever the next uh, evolution was on that and i thought that was really cool yeah because you had to use the items available to you to to change the environment and then snap a photo of it like as quickly as you could and then also try to snap the best photo so you had to, you had to juggle a lot of different elements to get the best photos and that was it was a lot of fun yeah, and it was it was on rails too, which is it's just it's just an interesting idea for a game like like telling anybody that now like as a pitch. I mean, I I don't think anybody would really go for it. You know, it's just saying like, yeah, you're you're this guy and you're on this you're on this like vehicle that's going along a path and you're just taking pictures of stuff as you go along the path. Just seems like a strange type of game. Like even for then, I guess for somebody to put money into, but I'm glad they did because it ended up being such an interesting experience. And people have been clamoring on the internet for a sequel ever since and i mean i think it's a i think there's got to be something in the works or something there's got to be something that's going to pop up eventually because 
that was a solid game. That was, I think a lot of people that played that didn't even really care that much about Pokemon. You know what I mean? Like, it was a solid entry of its own. It was just a fun game. Totally. Uh, that maybe that's what the Nintendo Direct is about tomorrow is the uh, Pokemon Snap Two game that's coming out this year for Wii U. <laughs> I would. I Pokemon think. Pokemon Snap U. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Pokemon Snap U. I, I would. I wish they would. Um, it'd be really cool if they would incorporate that into Pokemon Go in some way. You know, like how you go out and there's like the, um, you know, where you could find Pokemon like in real life. And, but it'd be cool if they added some sort of part to that where you get where you had to take pictures of them also and they get rated on it. It'd be cool to see that go into that the mobile game for that. I wouldn't be surprised if that was an element. I would. I'd, I mean, I, as of right now, I don't really know how I feel about Pokemon Go, but if it ended up being like Pokemon Snap, then I might want to get into it more. I don't know. It, 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 and then, like one of the commercials, it's like you'll go down like dark alleys to find Pokemon, and I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't want to go down like dark alleys, like to, to looking for like, you know, creatures that aren't really there. I don't know. It sounds kind of dangerous, like going out everywhere it trying does, to find man. stuff. Especially if that like strikes fear in your heart as an adult, like. Is there going to be some eight-year-old walking with their DS into a dark alley at like midnight by themselves? Yeah, it's probably not the best to. Uh, I mean, because Nintendo was always cautious about this before, but it's not the best to be like, oh yeah, go out and I guess it's it's more aimed around Japanese people and maybe it's safer there. But yeah, it's like go out and go out by yourself and go into these dark areas and try to find these these uh, augmented reality creatures, you know, that are there. Just try not to get stuck with a rusty knife while you're doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look out! Like, watch. Yeah, there might be like some other creatures in there that are really there <laughs> that you don't want to see. And if a guy shows up with a broken bottle, he's probably not wanting to fight Pokemon with you. <laughs> no. Yeah, he has like the glass Pokemon, uh, whatever bo- bo- <laughs> broken bottle or whatever you call it. I don't know. As long as you have your tetanus items, your tetanus shot items, you're okay. Yeah, I got to pick up some extra ones of those from a. Uh, the Poga Center, the tetanus spray, or whatever they have for that. So I don't know. I, I mean, you said you haven't you haven't put a whole lot of time into the new one. I've played it for, uh, I've put about 15 hours into it since I got it, Pokemon Yellow. Oh, wow. And I've wow. gotten four of the badges. I mean, it's been mostly what I've been playing lately. I mean, I've been playing that in the Fire Emblem Game Boy Advance game, like still trying to make it through that, like I said on the last podcast I'd do, which I have like two levels left, but those games are really not forgiving, so it's hard, it's difficult. Like it can take you like hours to get through one level, but um, but I yeah as I was playing through it, I just I've just been making notes about uh stuff that's different or stuff that was improved like over the later Pokemon. So I don't know I don't know if you noticed like any differences between that and why or like how I don't know how much you played why, but um just like how just like how better they how much better they've made Pokemon over the years, I just kind of uh, just made notes of that. But yeah, let's talk about that a little bit because. From my perspective, I'm just seeing, you know, Pokemon Blue is like comparing uh, the original Legend of Zelda to uh, Ocarina of Time or something, you know, like I see, I mean, that's very, it's very archaic and it's the first one that was released and they were on ancient hardware. I mean, the, the processor and the original Game Boy was created in the 1970s. You know, that's old ass hardware that sure. they were running this game on. Yeah. So it's like the the datedness of it is like 
it's just part of the charm, I think. Sure. So, I mean, I, I'd be interested in knowing how it was improved, but at this point I see Pokemon Blue as, like, just this fun little relic that I can finally have on my 3DS. Sure. I just and, I, and I'm not necessarily talking about, like, graphics, but... Just like things that you that they added to it to make it better, like like I'll like some of I won't go through all the list yet. I'll I'll just go through some stuff like uh like like in the later ones there's like an experience bar under the Pokemon that shows you like how close you are to leveling up. They do the same thing in Fire Emblem, but I didn't. You know, this is one thing that I you know kind of took I guess took for granted. I didn't understand. I didn't realize that it didn't go all the way back to the beginning. Like that was one of the first things I noticed when I was playing through it. But uh, I mean, there's like there's just some things that make it difficult. Like uh, like I was uh, like earlier I was in the gra- I was in like the grass looking for Pokemon, and uh, I found a Jigglypuff. I've never found a Jigglypuff before. I was like, oh shit, you know this must be kind of rare. So I so I like weaken it, and then I throw the Pokeball at it, and it's like you can't catch it. Your box is full. I'm like, what? So I have to like go back to the computer in the Pokemon Center and switch it to a different box for you to be able to catch a Pokemon, like stuff like that, you know, which just makes it kind of clunky, you know, in retrospective, right, look, so, looking at it now. So you have to plan ahead just in case you run into that rare Pokemon. Yeah. Well, I wasn't, what I was afraid of was that, was that your Pokemon wouldn't get automatically transferred to the PC if your party was full. Cause I, they do that now, you know, but I wasn't sure. I didn't remember if they did that in the first one or not. Like, do you have to walk around with like so many spaces available? to catch it because that would be even more annoying but thankfully you don't have to do that but there's like you know the idea of like the how hard it is to like level up like weaker ones you know like in, like in pokemon x and y i thought one of the coolest things in that game was like experience share and like that's not in the original one where it's an item where like basically no matter whether your pokemon's out or not you get experience for everyone like in your like you battle with one guy and all the expo- ex- all the pokemon in your party get experience which was like really really helpful but that's that wasn't in the original either. I do remember people talking about that a lot, or seeing that a lot in the media when uh, it, X and Y came out. It was brilliant. It was like something they should have done a long time ago. Like I, for like someone who's you know, because in the original one, basically what you have to do is you have to put your your weakest guy at the front of the line, so you know he'll be out every time you find anything, and just automatically switch him out, like quickly switch him out at the very beginning. Is what you have to do to level them up, and that kind of gets tedious after a while. So it's nice to be able to just carry them in your party, and they'll get and they'll just level up as as you fight. You know, it makes it a lot easier. Instead of having to switch out every Pokemon just to get them their appearance in the fight. Yeah, they don't actually have to do anything, but it have to be in the fight in the fight to get you know experience. So basically, like I said, the way to do it was to put the guy at at the top of the thing, so he's the first one that comes out. And then you automatically take them out and put the more the stronger one in to beat the guy, and then you'll get points. But sometimes, you know, if you're not quick enough about it, they'll get automatically killed at the beginning. So there are there are troubles to it. There's like other things, like like things that uh, came uh, came later in like silver and gold, but like like no breeding, like you can't you can't breed the Pokemon and have like you know have them have kids and all that, which I guess was you know something that they didn't think of in the first one. There's also, like I mentioned before, like the Pokemon don't have, you know, there's not like a male or female version of them, like which they do later. And they're not different. It just says that when you catch it, it'll be like, this is a male Pikachu, this is a female Pikachu. Except for the, uh, yeah, the think- except for like Nidoran, like the, there's Nidoran female and Nidoran male, which which were, were the only Pokemon that had sexes. That's our, the, uh, 
Pokemon having sexes was uh, silver and gold, right? That's when that started. Yeah, that's when they started doing the breeding, I believe. And didn't yeah. they also do a uh, real-time clock or some sort of system like that in gold and silver? Possibly. They might have. I know there was, like, timed events in in uh, in Ruby because whenever I try to play it on my Game Boy now, it says, like, it tells me that the clock has died, so you can't do it anymore. It'll say, like, the, 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 the timed events don't work. You know, because I guess the battery for that is separate from the save battery, and that and that clock battery's gone out, so it's you're unable to do those whatever those events were. But yeah, I think it, I think it had that. Well, even more reason for remakes to exist. Sure. When the originals have measures that cause them to fail, built in. Sure, it's just like it's just things that make the game extra difficult for me, I guess, from being from being accustomed to to newer things, and it's also like kind of praising the newer Pokemon. Just that they have advanced in so many ways, and they've added all this stuff to it. Like, like, like the newer ones. Like, whenever you get a new move, and you have to get rid of one of your old moves, they actually show you a way to. You can actually compare them. Like, it'll show you like what the attack power is and all that, which none of that is in the original one. Which I guess you know you wouldn't expect it to be, but it makes it more difficult to try to figure out like which one's the better one, one to get rid of, and whether you should learn the new one because you don't really know what it is. At least in that one, it explains what it is. And that was another part of the charm of the original was that so much about it was just people talking to each other and learning how the game worked and sharing that with each other. And, you know, it was all the little quirks and stuff. Sure. Well, I figured out by actually doing people talking to other people about it. Sure. Well, I remember when I played, when I first played Pokemon, it was, uh, it wasn't that much longer after I had already played, uh, after I played Earthbound, and I know that they share some same developers, like the original one does, and Earthbound. So there's a couple of things that were kind of that could, were kind of annoying in Earthbound that were in Pokemon as well, like item management. You know, where you can only carry like 20 items at once. Like that was another thing that was uh, apparent in both of them. And plus, I guess with the kid walking around in the bicycle and all that, I kind of associated it with Earthbound when I first played it. I was like, oh, well, he kind of, you know, Ash kind of looks like Ness. And then, yeah, you know, you know, and they have like the towns and stuff. So when I first got into Pokemon, I was like, "Oh, this kind of reminds me of Earthbound a little bit." I mean, it's very, very different, but you know, it's even the it. same where like there was a mom but an absent father. Oh yeah, except for your dad. Except you don't get to call him on the phone, and he'll give you like five hundred dollars. <laughs> you know, like the like the Earthbound one. But yeah, definitely a whole like child abandonment abandonment theme in the Pokemon universe, or rather, the child abandons the parents. It's just like. Well, you're nine years old now. I guess you're going to go out and wander the countryside and battle creatures. So go ahead. Yeah. Well, that's I, I think that's kind of an anime thing, I guess. That's sort of how like Link is and Zelda as well, where it's like his parents are like, "Oh, go ahead, you know. Here, here's your sword. Go out, go, go fight monsters for us. You know, it's it's all right." This, this is the age this sort of thing normally happens. So just you know, continue that. Sure. But but at least your mom in Pokemon is like basically a Poke Center. You can bring her bring your Pokemon back anytime and get them healed back up. Oh, sure. At at your house? I haven't really returned to my house since I left, so I don't know. But I'm sure you can I'm do sure that. Say hi to your mom, man. She misses you. Well I don't I don't get like homesickness like an earthbound, so you don't you know and there's no phones, so I can't I can't call her. 
I guess um, the uh, what was it? The Yokai Watch. I guess that has a similar thing. I haven't played that one yet, but I but I'd like to. But uh, but yeah, they have a similar child abandonment thing where like he has you know his parents are gone or they're or you have to deal with them with one of them being gone and that's part of the story I guess. So maybe that's a Japanese thing. Maybe a lot of kids get abandoned. I don't know, or they just want them to go out into the world so they don't have to worry about them. I don't know. Just be autonomous as soon as possible, please. <laughs> yeah, sure. Just put them into that, that aging dimension that we talked about before so you don't have to deal with them. Yeah. Then all you have to do is like send a prepackaged series of gifts into the other dimension that'll drop on birthdays and holidays. Sure. Yeah. Uh, what one thing uh another thing that kinda that kinda bugged me was like in the newer Pokemon if you like, they kind of keep track of like while you're in battle, they keep track of which ones you have and you don't have. So like, if you run into one, you already have. There's a Pokeball next to it. I was saying that uh, when you when you encounter Pokemon that you've already caught, there's no way of you of them telling you whether you caught it or not. So that can be difficult from like from like what I said before, or what you said before. Like if you put down the game for a while and then try to pick it back up, you don't remember what you have and what you don't have. So that adds a little more difficulty to it. But I'm happy. Starting over again with Pokemon Blue just feels like, all right, I'm just, this is my do-over for Pokemon. I'm going to do it right this time. Well, hopefully it, I mean, hopefully it works for you. Hopefully you end up liking it. Uh, you should put some more time into it. I think it's, I don't know, I think it's aged okay for what it is. I mean, they're a 20-year-old game. I think it's still a lot of fun to play. And I think there's a lot, I think it's because there's a lot of personality in the in the characters that are in it and the creatures that you catch that's helped it age so well. I think. I don't know. I mean, I've been playing it a lot since I got it, and I still enjoy it. So, Well, it, it definitely says something that like people are freaking out 20 years later that they finally are releasing them again. I think it... Yeah, that's a testament to the game. Like People have been wanting... I mean, I, mean, I think people are talking about uh, hoping it would come to Wii when the Wii started doing its virtual console, like back in the day, when that was the first generation of that. Like I, I remember reading people on the internet being like, "Hey, bring Pokemon to the Wii." Oh sure, but Pokemon—I mean, Pokemon in its name is uh, you know—I mean, it's it's pocket monsters in Japan, so it's a combination of pocket and monsters is where Pokemon came from. So it's it's always been kind of modeled after being a portable game, so. You know, people always wanting it on the console. It's just there wasn't really what it was originally made to be. But uh, but the week we got some uh, Pokemon in some ways. I mean, they got a uh, they got Pokemon Puzzle League and uh, Pokemon Snap as virtual console. And there was that like Pokemon Battle Revolution game. I got I, they got which was uh, I guess was a sequel to Coliseum in a way. I never really played that one, but it was like a similar thing where you brought over your Pokemon from the DS and played them on the TV. Then there was Pokemon TV, which is a weird one. Oh yeah, what was what was that one? I don't think I played it. I think that was on GameCube, if I remember correctly, and it was just it was just a series of mini games, sort of like the mini games in Pokemon uh, Stadium. Oh sure. And uh, it wasn't. I don't think it was very well received, but it pre- it presented like Pokemon as being like a channel on television, so you're like playing game shows and stuff oh yeah yeah i remember that i remember it being kind of weird or i don't know did you, did you ever play hey you pikachu do you remember that game i bought it for my niece 
uh, for Christmas one year because she really liked Pokemon. But uh, it's the one with like I the think microphone. I watched you play it in the dorm. Oh yeah, my, sure I, pro- I probably rented it and tried it. I never actually owned it myself, but I'm sure I rented it to try it out because it was a weird game. I remember right? you and Mark like yelling at the TV, trying to get Pikachu to do stuff. Sure, yeah, because I don't. It, it didn't really work that well for me, but I I bought I bought it for my niece, and she you know she had more fun with it because she had more patience. But yeah, and there was that like really really ugly Nintendo 64 that had Pikachu on it, like the blue and yellow one. Do you remember that one? I do. Did she get that version? No, she did. She didn't have that that sixty four. I mean, her dad her dad got the sixty four like before she was before she was born. So he already had it, and he still had that. So I just bought her the game for it later. You know, because she liked the Pokemon stuff. Yeah, we, we talked about the spinoffs a little bit, but I really I was a huge fan of the. Uh, basically, they took the Penelope Pond and put a Pokemon skin on it. Yeah. And so, uh, Pokemon Snap, or not Pokemon Snap, I'm sorry. Uh, what was it called? Pokemon... Puzzle League? Puzzle League, yeah. And then it was a Pokemon Puzzle Challenge on the Game Boy Advance. Or no, it was on Game Boy Color. It wasn't even yeah. Advance. Yeah, I bought, the, I bought the Game Boy Color Virtual Console for 3DS. The Pokemon Puzzle Challenge, or whatever. What a wonderful game. That's such a great game. It's good. Like, the Game Boy, the Game Boy Color one... It's cool because it has the same like layout as uh, Tetris Attack. So like when you go yeah. through the single player, like the single player battle mode, it shows he like runs down that same diagonal road, you know, and he goes yeah. to the different. It looks exactly like Tetris Attack except on Game Boy Game Boy Color. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I was stoked when that game came out. I bought it like right after it came out. Played it on my Game Boy Advance, and uh, yeah, and then Pokemon uh, Puzzle League on the 64, I remember being pretty amazed by the uh, the visuals because they had full like animated scenes from the uh, anime in it. I don't think it was actually ripped from the anime, but it was those characters doing fully animated scenes. Yeah, there was FMB in that. I forgot that at the beginning it had a little had like had like a part with like Pikachu in the in the pool with the with like a blow up. Uh, he was in like a blow up tube or you know some sort of yeah. inflatable pool thing, and but yeah, they had it FMV, which was unheard of for sixty fourth time. I think that was probably pre uh, Resident Evil two, which like had all that FMV on there, which I was really impressed with when they added that. Yeah, when they proved that you could compress video into a cartridge form, which <laughs> now we know that data is data, but at the time. Sure. The computer couldn't access it quickly enough from a from a cartridge, and then they figured out a workaround so that it, it didn't have to be a CD-ROM to play video. Sure. Supposedly, a uh, side note: uh, I I I, um, I heard that um, Factor Five actually helped Capcom do that for the uh, Resident Evil Two release on sixty four. Like they helped them out with some of their audio problems at the time because they because they had done so well with like Rogue with the Rogue Squadron game. They had they had helped them do that. From what I heard in an interview with them on a podcast I listened to, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, Pokemon Puzzle League also introduced the 3D mode, which was unique to that game. Um, oh yeah, where it's like the cylinder. Where, yeah, where your blocks wrap all the way around. So in addition to it rising up and down, you could you're essentially like 
yeah, it was a cylinder, like you just said. So you were essentially moving each uh, concentric ring of uh, blocks around. And it really uh, opened a lot of opportunities for combos you could never have gotten in the traditional 2D game because there were a lot more blocks on each line that you could move around to do the next step. So that was a lot of fun. I, I remember playing like the two-player mode on the 3D and just you never really felt hopeless. There was always something because, you know, you essentially had about double the amount of blocks on each row. Sure. Yeah. If you move it enough, you can find, uh, you can find Pokemon or, uh, you can find combos on the, on the backside, you know, to move it all around. That was a cool, that was yep. a cool mode. And you never really saw that again after that in another panel no, on type did. game. And they've released uh, a few different versions since then, including like, a. A completely touchscreen version of Penelope Pond, which is a lot of fun too. I have that one. Uh, it's fun just like sliding the blocks around using the touchscreen, but it's still like I don't know the magic of Pokemon Puzzle League. That was I felt that was a true successor to Tetris Attack. Like I oh, think sure. that in my in my heart, I feel like that was the sequel to Tetris Attack, which is my probably in my top. 10 favorite Super Nintendo games. Yeah, definitely. What I was going to say on the subject of uh, FMB and Pokemon, do you remember uh, Game Boy Advance video? You could buy uh, Pokemon episodes to play in your Game Boy Advance in, a, in cartridge form? I do. I think, what was it, about an hour of video per cartridge? I think it was like, yeah, I think it was like a couple episodes, so maybe like 40 minutes or whatever, like two 20-minute episodes. I think, I don't know. I never bought any because I thought it was kind of... Uh, I don't know. A little, kind of a kind of a high price to buy <laughs> to buy like a couple uh, cartoons to watch on the Game Boy, but it was an interesting idea. I guess they had Nickelodeon cartoons on there also. If you ever wanted to be a collector of that sort of thing, uh, it'd actually be really accessible because those cartridges are super cheap now. Oh, are you they? You get a Game Boy video cartridge for like two or three bucks usually hmm. if you uh, shop right, like. If you wanted to collect like the whole Pokemon series, I mean, it would still be expensive, but you could buy each cartridge for just a couple of bucks. So yeah, sure. yeah they made a ton of them, and you know, and I see the appeal at the time. People didn't have TVs in their cars like they do now, so yeah, you didn't you know, really give, they, the kids, they... give the kids the. Game Boy video cartridges, and they'll watch their cartoons over and over again because that's what kids do. So it probably yeah. worked really well as a pacification device for long road trips. Sure, even though you needed to buy like a, even though you had to buy like an adapter for the Game Boy Advance to use uh, to use headphones, which is really weird. Like the Game Boy Advance SP didn't didn't have that. Yeah, it's but, so um, strange. You can get you can also get those adapters for super cheap. Uh, I'm sure you can. It's just, it was just something weird that I I just I forgot like that that didn't have that. I was like that's that's strange. But yeah, at the time they didn't have like I don't think any anybody like like portable DVD players were sort of a thing that came around like years after that. But yeah, there was no phones or any way of people watching stuff. So it was I guess it was kind of ahead of its time in that way. And if they're super cheap, I might just buy a couple of them just out of sheer curiosity just to see how well they work or like how well they've aged, you know, over the years. Plus I can play them in HD on my, uh, Game Boy player, my GameCube. So let's <laughs> see how that works. Yeah. I'd say, uh, 
get on eBay, you know, maybe think about what one you want because there's a shit ton of them. Um, you'll probably find one for less than five bucks if you yeah, I don't uh, even, do some research. Yeah, I don't even know what's available, but I could look into it and see see what they got. Lots of Cartoon Network stuff. They did a lot of like, I think there's like Dexter's Laboratory and Powerpuff Girls and all that too. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's all. Yeah, like Nickelodeon and uh, and uh, Cartoon Network stuff too. Have you um have you looked into any of like the glitches and stuff that are in the old Pokemon games? I remember doing the um, I did the item multiplication or the item duplica- duplication uh, glitch. I did that a bunch like back back in the day, where you can like you if you put one item in your sixth spot, you can multiply it like a hundred times. So I remember like I multiplying. Remember hearing about that, but I never did it. Yeah. Like I multiplied rare candy a hundred times, and when I was playing Stadium, I basically took all of my favorite Pokemon. And leveled them all up to eleven to one hundred and fifty, like for that game, like through the item duplication of um, of the rare candy. You could also do it with like Master Ball, with like the Master Ball, so then you'd have like infinite Master Ball, the ones that will never they'll escape, never escape from that. But I guess there's also a Mewtwo glitch and the or a Mew glitch in this, which I didn't read about until I was already past the part, but um. Look into it. You should look into it when you have time. See if you can do it on your copy, so where you can get a, you can get the um, get some extra Pokemon that's uh, that wasn't really available. So it's the the Mew glitch or the Mewtwo glitch. It's a Mew glitch, the okay. the first one, because you get Mewtwo at the end of the game. Like if you beat if you beat the game, you get Mewtwo, and that was what oh, you okay. saved. That's what you saved the Master Ball for, because you only see him once. So then you just got to throw the Master Ball, and then it catches him. But um. But yeah, there's a way. There's a way that you can get Mew also as a glitch, which I've seen. I've, I've seen it on. Um, I've seen it on like the, uh, on the Meverse stuff and like on Facebook and all that. People doing that, and I looked into it, and I guess I had already passed it because it involves like uh, it involves trainers that have to like recognize you and you have to like teleport away before they get to you, like as they're walking to you. And I had already beaten those trainers by the time I read it, so I'd have to start the game all over again, and I'm not going to do that. So. <laughs> But if you, but if you, you know, you, I don't think you've passed it yet where you're at, so you could give it a, well, give it a try. Well, I just beat Brock, like I told you, so. I'm yeah, you're definitely not past it then. Because I think you need, well, they said you need to be able to fly to do it, which I can't fly with any of my Pokemon yet. But I did have an Abra that I could teleport with, but I feel like I got that after. I don't know. I'm sure there's, like, details to it. I know there's a couple different places you can do it at, but. I think both the places I had already beat the trainers, but it, it would have been cool to be able to do it and get Mew because I never had Mew in the original version. I know he was on there like some way, or maybe like he was given as a given as a gift in some at some Pokemon conventions, but I don't know. I do remember I had Mew on my original Blue because my brother. Oh sure, it to me. yeah, I'm sure he figured out how to get him. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So yeah, I'd like to get Mew again. I might. Look into that because yeah, definitely. I'm only I'm barely into that game. Oh, you should uh, you should play it some more. And uh, I I I, re- I really dig it. I think it's I think it's cool. And we got I mean we got Twilight Princess on the horizon like in a couple of days, so that that might detract from it. Technically tomorrow. But technically tomorrow, yeah. If you're downloading it, it'd be out tomorrow night. I I reserved a physical copy so I can get the uh, wolf the wolf link. But yeah, it'll be out by Friday, and we'll you know. Next week, uh, next week we're gonna have a we're gonna have a podcast about that with a special guest, so that'll be fun. Um, that'll be fun. Is there we've got the at, Nintendo Direct tomorrow. Yeah, we have the Nintendo Direct that we'll talk about also in uh, 
you know, which we'll probably add to this or have as a separate one. I'm not sure yet. But, uh, so yeah, is there anything else you'd like to say about Pokemon or do you think we've covered, uh, you think we've covered the 700 some Pokemon that there are now in generation six? I think we've done a pretty good job covering the games. We didn't really talk about the actual Pokemon, but that's, that would be its own thing. What's uh, your, uh, which, who's your favorite Pokemon? Just, just, uh, right off the top of the head, who's your favorite Pokemon? I always liked Scyther. Scyther was cool. Oh, Scyther, yeah. I, uh, mine is, um, the Abra, the Abra Kadabra slash Alakazam. Those are, those are my favorites. And a psychic type is like my favorite type of all of them because it's like super powerful and it works, it works against most things. Like I don't think there's only like one or two things that are powerful against psychics. So I, I like that type of Pokemon. What's your favorite Pokemon type? Uh, well, probably I guess grass type if I like Scyther is neat or is he insect type. Yeah, I think he's either bug or grass. I'm not sure. He might have both. Like a, a lot of them have multiple, multiple moves. Those are the ones I've had the most fun playing. The bug, grass, Pokemons. Sure. Well, my, uh, I remember from the first, the first time I played through, like, my favorite, one thing I really liked about X and Y is that I was able to get back my favorite, like, team of Pokemon, which was basically, like, uh, it was, like, Snorlax and, and, uh, and, like, and, like, Kadabra and, uh, Pikachu and like a bunch of you know the old ones like I was like I liked that they were brought back to X and Y where you could actually get them and there's actually a full on Snorlax in there which I hadn't seen in a while but but yeah that was basically the team I went around with was like whatever the starter was and Snorlax and Kadabra were like my three main dudes and whichever whichever other guys I was fighting with I know I had a Pikachu that I leveled up to a 150 like with the with the rare candy but you know but all right, if that's uh, if we've covered, well, yeah, we didn't really get into the actual Pokemon creatures, but we covered the mechanics of the game and like the history of the game, and I think that was more important, you know. But um, definitely, definitely uh, tune in next week for our Twilight Princess episode, and um, hopefully, you know, hopefully we'll hear some cool stuff from the uh, Nintendo Direct tomorrow. I'm excited. Uh, I can't wait to see uh, see if we're getting any games for Wii U for the rest of the year. Hopefully, there's some like surprises in there. That's what I would like to see. You know, like some stuff that uh, we haven't heard about. We're all hoping for surprises because we live in the age of uh, leaks, so uh, most people have kind of decided on the internet what what's going to happen tomorrow. And uh, I kind of agree. There's some things that haven't been mentioned in a while that will probably get mentioned tomorrow. So I'm kind of expecting more of a just giving solid release dates and stuff, but we'll see what happens tomorrow. I'm hope, yeah, I'm hoping that there's some Star Star Fox stuff in there, and I'm hoping that it doesn't get delayed. Like, there's a lot of stuff online saying that it'll get delayed again, or that it's having problems mechanically yeah. or gameplay gameplay wise. So, I really hope that's not the case because I really want to play that game. I don't think they would announce a delay in a direct, though. I think it'd be its own thing. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I don't, I don't think they did that. I think they do that as a side thing. They don't want to put a video together to like give you disappointment, you know, to be like, hey, uh, sorry, we don't have anything. So I guess we don't hear about Star Fox or Star Fox, sorry, Star Fox tomorrow. We can assume it's been delayed probably. I was, yeah, I hope we hear about it because that would be, that would make sense for a March direct to be about their big game for April. So I don't know. But anyway, we'll 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 be back to you in like a couple seconds, like in the future, to tell you like what's going on. So, 
Stay tuned. Stay tuned. To beat all the rest. Yeah, that's my cause. Electro, Diglett, Nidoran, Mankey, Venator, Adapta, Firo, Pinky, King, Jodeon, Dragonite, Gastly, Pony, Tava, Boreon, Polyrath, Butterfree. Catch em, catch em, gotta catch em all. Pokemon. I'll search across the land. Look far and wide. Release from my hand the power that's inside. Venomoth, Polywag, Nidorino, Golduck, Ivasaur, Glimmer, Victory Bell, Voltrace, Nidoro King, Farfetch, Abra, Jigglypuff, Kingler, Rhyhorn, Clefable, Wigglytuff. Catch em, catch em, gotta catch em all. Gotta catch em all. Pokemon. Zubat, Primate, Meowth, Onyx, Geodude, Rapidash, Magneton, Snorlax, Gengar, Tingala, Goldene, Spiral, Weezing, Seal, Gyarados, Well, uh, uh, welcome, welcome to, uh, Nintendo main second second half of episode fourteen. Um, there was a Nintendo Direct today. Did you uh, did you see the Nintendo Direct? I sure did. Uh, what uh, what do you think? Um, what were your uh, what were your uh, highs and lows? Like, just say uh, number one. Like, what's your favorite thing that you saw on it? Uh, definitely, probably Star Fox. Oh yeah, it was really it was really nice to see that uh, Star Fox was is not delayed and that it's finished. No, nope, Miyamoto so. himself said it's ready. Yeah, he said it's ready to go. The uh, the the uh, Super Nintendo R wings pretty cool too for the Fox Amiibo. My uh, I had a, I had a favorite thing and a not favorite thing at the same time. Like they like built me up and beat me down at the same time. Was the uh, the Super Nintendo games for 3ds because I had a feeling I, you were gonna say that. Yeah, because <laughs> I was excited and then and I have to pay full price again for them for games that I've bought, that I bought multiple times. It's it's annoying. I mean, and I love the F Zero. It's like one of my favorite games, but I don't want to pay another eight dollars for it. I mean, I've already paid like ten dollars, I guess total between like the Wii and the Wii U version. Plus, this like this totally a... makes sense though. The why they were saying they weren't going to release more Super Nintendo games on the Wii U. Oh, because they want to put them on 3DS now. Yep. I would have liked to see some sort of Nintendo account thing coming into play. I mean, like, you know, charge us, like, a couple dollars. Like, it was, like, two bucks for each of them, I'd do it. But it's, like, come on, man. It's just, uh... And I love to play them in their original whatever, but... I just, I don't, I just don't want to, you know... I just don't want to pay full price again for it. What was that called? Pixel Perfect Mode on the... Yeah, something like end. that. Some sort oh, of... Oh, and by uh, the way, they did, they did say it was exclusive to the new 3DS. They did say that, yeah. So there's a... Now you have a reason to get one. Did you? Uh, you didn't. Uh, yes. You didn't get the Pokemon one. I take it right. The one you said you might get. No, I. Um, I had some automobile issues in my real life that <laughs> took precedence. Oh sure. Well, I mean, it's two hundred bucks. It's uh, you know, you can't just throw that down. A lot of money. Yeah. If I would have saved for it, like I was telling myself I was going to do, maybe. But you know, back to these Super Nintendo games. I'm not. I don't know. There. You know, of course, there's going to be more in the future. But this initial, what is it, eight? Uh, they, nine, but they're going to be they're going to come up come out like a, over, across the however many weeks. Split uh, three weeks between each. Uh, yeah. Releases. Um, none of the initial games. I mean, are, are things I feel I would I need to have on my 3ds anyway. Uh, Super Mario World maybe would be fun to have. I mean, I'll give you I'll give you that. And then otherwise, like Earthbound might be fun to have, but. I kind of like playing it on the Wii U. I like the console experience with that game. Sure. Uh, I, I mean, it all it all kind of depends, like, how much you use your 3DS, I guess. You know? Like, if, if I was riding the train a lot or, you know, 
out of town for whatever reason and not taking the Wii U, then I would consider having the Super Nintendo games more. But yeah, as of right now, like I can just play them on the Wii U, you know, on the TV. So it's like, why yeah, buy these them? are all releases yeah. that are available already for the most part. Yeah, everything um, everything they've announced is stuff that's already available. So it's like. I'm sure they're gonna. They might do like some sort of jerk move where they're like, "Oh yeah, Super Mario, Super Mario RPG, 3DS only, new 3DS." Be like, oh, okay, fine. It will be though. That's exactly what's gonna happen. You think that's what's gonna happen? They're not putting any more Super Nintendo games on the Wii U. I would almost bet money on it. That's what they said, but I I, I felt like there was a couple that still came out like more recently. Isn't Pac-Man Two a Super Nintendo game? The one that came out today? I think it is. Or Pac Land yeah, Two, or whatever it is. So, so there's one. <laughs> I just imagine that that's going to stop at some point. Maybe not, though. I mean, um, I will. I will say, bring bring the uh, bring all those great Square RPGs from the Super Nintendo to the 3DS, and you got my interest for sure. You've like piqued my interest, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be more likely to buy. I mean, I'm already wanting to buy the new 3DS, of course, but now I'm just getting that feeling in my gut that there's a new handheld that's going to be announced this fall uh, or even at this E3 and it scares me. I gotta be honest. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's still, yeah, that's, that's still really up in the air about that. But, uh, what about, um, what do you think about the new Star Fox guard packed in with Star Fox zero? It looks <laughs> like it could be a ton of fun. I mean, that was an interesting, uh, I mean, well, I knew they had talked about that before, but it's, I guess I guess it's kind of free. Like they're not going to up the price of the game, I don't think, right? They didn't mention any prices, but I would expect that it's still going to be like sixty. You but can with... buy the two games, so it's technically a two game release if you buy the retail release. But you can buy them separate on the uh, eShop. Sure, I'm wondering if they're going to so do that, like. I think maybe, maybe that's just in case people just want to buy Star Fox Guard. And they don't want to get zero, maybe, or yeah, do right. you need Star Fox? Possibly, you might need Star Fox Guard because it, or you might need Star Fox Zero. Maybe it runs in the same engine. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I think they I think they thought that nobody was going to get Guard, so they're like, let's just pack it in with Zero, you know, and then maybe we'll yeah. sell it. I mean, I mean, such kind it's such kind of a like a bizarre thing that it's like, even though it, it looked like from the package of it, it looked like there were like two discs in there, so. I, c- I couldn't see myself owning Guard as a disc. Like I would, I would see it more as like a downloadable thing where you could just play it for a little bit whenever, you know. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think it looks really interesting. And the, one of the first things that came to my mind, and I know this was, it's sort of been shown a couple of E3s ago, um, and I don't really remember too much of about it. So it must not have made much of, it, of an impression on me. Yeah, that was before Miyamoto announced it would be. You know, he it wasn't affiliated with. Star Fox originally, it was just called Guard. Their Project Guard, I think. Yeah. Uh, it looks cool. Something that came to mind. Have you heard of the game Five Nights at Freddy's? Yeah, I've heard, I've heard that uh, mentioned before. I think they called yeah. it on the on the IGN podcast. They called it a uh, Five Nights at Miyamoto's. Is what they called the uh, Project Guard because it looks yeah. looks similar similar to that, I guess. Because that's a is that is that a uh, security cam thing also? It's like some sort of horror it thing, is. right? With a mascot in it. Yeah, it's like a. Uh, it takes place essentially in a not a haunted Chuck E. Cheese kind of thing. They just acknowledge that the that the robots come to life at night. They don't say that they're haunted or anything like that. But uh, yeah, so that game, you're a night security guard keeping an eye on the place, and 
as long as you're looking at the monsters, they can't move. So you just have to switch between the different oh, okay. uh, cameras and keep them from advancing on you. So th- really the main similarity I see is the security camera sort of thing. But I think this is going to be a lot deeper. I think you're actually going to get to place the cameras wherever you want. And then on top of it, they're weaponized. The cameras were not weaponized in Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, it looks like you can, it looked like you could play some wherever you wanted to on the gamepad from what I saw. And then there, so. there's a lot of strategy too, and like, maybe not strategy, but there, obviously there is because they're allowing level, uh, you could basically build a level. Yeah, and you can like trade it online and stuff like that, or you can make, what are they saying? You can make your own robots also. Something like that, some sort of like where you can send stuff to somebody else and compete. I think it looks like a cool little extra. I'm kind of excited about it. It's it's a really pleasant surprise, you know, because we were expecting Star Fox. We were expecting a second game to come with it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I mean, I guess yeah, that's, then Star Fox would just be sixty with that. I mean, it, it's like it's like when um, Bayonetta came out. Like they did, you had the option you could download it for thirty each for one and two. Or you could get, or you could get one and one and two together as one thing. So they might do that the same, like on the download, where it's like thirty for guard and thirty for zero. So I don't know. I bet, I bet it'll be much cheaper for guard, probably closer to the retail price for zero, like forty or fifty at least. Like forty and twenty or something like that, because I, because it should. I mean, it. I don't. Teen, I don't know. I mean, I was hoping that I don't. Ex, I don't expect it to go over sixty at all. You know with guard included. So no, I don't, you know, no. so like online, they should at least make it available, make, you know, make it a possibility for you to pay the same price for it. You know, I yeah. think all I know is I bill, bill said they would be separate on uh, the eShop. So let's uh, yeah. Hope, yeah, let's hope that, um, they're both good enough. You just want to get them together anyway. Sure. Yeah. Good old bill. I don't know. Cause I, I, old- I was, I was thinking about maybe just getting, I mean, getting Star Fox downloaded, maybe, I don't know, instead of a disc. Who knows, you know, depending on, you know, if if the Twilight Princess HD didn't come with an Amiibo, I might have just downloaded it so I could play it early, so I could play it right now, but, you know. Nintendo needs to keep doing that. That's a pretty solid strategy on their part, packing an Amiibo with a retail release. Oh, sure. I'm sure that helps the sales on the Twilight Princess. It, it had to have. And, and it just uh, that's already being a remake and being a an entry in such a revered series. You know, you've got you've got the collectors that just want to have every Zelda thing that's made, and so you kind of just inspire that desire sure. in them. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, it would have been cool to have a like an Arwing amiibo or something like that, like a special one that was exclusive to that. Yeah, I was convinced that there was going to be uh, that there was going to be some sort of Arwing amiibo. I think a lot of people were online also, but you know, or even be... like a crystal, a crystal amiibo. Yeah, yeah, crystal, or like uh, you know, or like the Arwing. the dinosaur dude from uh, the Star Fox. Yeah, tricky. Well, we got all those Kirby ones at least, which that was kind of kind of came out of nowhere. Oh, all the Kirby stuff that was announced. Well, the the Kirby amiibos, like the new the new Kirby amiibo line. Oh right, yeah. Meta Knight, DDD, Waddle D, and the new Kirby, a different Kirby. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only real new one is the Waddle D, because I'm sure the other ones function the same way as the other ones. But I never found a King DDD anywhere, so I guess I could get a Kirby version of it, you know? 
You know, I haven't, I haven't seen King DD myself. I did find a, I guess it wasn't like, I don't think it's a rare thing, but I guess I did buy, I bought the, uh, there's a two classic Mario amiibos. I bought the, the color one or the, the modern one. What's it called? You yeah, know, there's, there's the two different versions of it. Yeah, there's like the classic and the modern, I think. I, I just have the classic one. The one that's yeah, just I, the, I picked up the, the red modern and gray. one today. Yeah. Oh, you got both. I picked up the red one. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. That's a, another addition to my Amiibo collection. I also picked up today, uh, we'll get to this in a second. I guess it's maybe a good segue. But uh, I picked up Sticker Star today. I found it at, um, I was at Meyer in Danville, and they were selling it for $11. Oh, man. new sealed copy of it i was like eh, i guess i can do this i guess i can drop 11 bucks that, but that i haven't opened yeah. it yet <laughs> yeah i was gonna say that might be a little high for that game i don't know <laughs> really is it that yeah. bad well i mean it's, it's it's okay it's just i mean speaking of yeah good segue to that speaking of the there was the announcement for the paper mario color splash uh, which which looks all right i'm just i'm just hoping it doesn't it goes more the way of like Paper Mario Thousand Year Door, and not like Paper Mario Six or Sticker Star, which it kind of looked. I'm kind of scared, man. Looked a little Sticker Starry from what I saw, and I'm like, uh. I'm scared because he specifically said you draw on the card first, and then you throw it or whatever you flick it, and then you that starts the battle. So maybe all that is is like a, maybe it'd be cool. Maybe if it's just like a little, you set up like a. Uh, your your strategy or whatever before the battle, so you get it like. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. It could be good. There's a possibility it could be good, but sure. I'm scared. I don't. I don't know if I like cards, and I haven't played uh, the new. I also still haven't played the newest one on 3ds. That one has cards too. I don't know if I like the cards. I don't know why there needs to be cards. Oh yeah, there. Well, there's yeah, there's cards in the new one, but they didn't. But they didn't completely like. They haven't completely murked the uh, the um, battle system. Like I felt like they did. That was my major problem with Sticker Star. Sticker Star looks real nice, you know. It looks cool and it has some funny parts to it. But what angered me mostly was that they just they just destroyed the whole battle system. Like there's no reason to fight anybody in that because they because they got rid of the uh, experience points. So hopefully that isn't an, a reoccurring thing for Color Splash, which I was afraid it might be, so I don't know. But, you know... Color I'll, Splash also has a uh, reverse, kind of a reverse Mario Sunshine thing going on. Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh, I guess it's a Splatoon, more um, more uh, inspiration for Splatoon, right? Which I guess that's True getting that, some, more, yeah. some more updates. They didn't really say what it was, but that's cool. It's always nice to have more stuff for that. The... Uh, the cool there were some really cool updates to Super Mario Maker. I I, I dug that, like the keys too, and the man. coins and uh, skewers also. <laughs> yeah, is that what you call them? Whatever the uh, the big smashy things are. Yeah, they call it skewers. The things that like go all the way. Oh, through. they are called skewers. Okay. Yeah, skewers. That's what it was, that was. I, I made a note for it, but it was called skewers <laughs> in the uh, in the direct. But yeah, that was cool. I like the idea of keys and doors and stuff like that. Then you can make then you can make even more like. Zelda-inspired levels, you know, with the keys and doors that people... I'm just excited to see what people do with that. And you can give uh, the key to an enemy, so you have to destroy the enemy to get the key from it. Yeah, so you can make it to where you have to defeat bosses instead of, like, running past them, which yeah. is uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah, so they so you can make it even eviler. And also, speaking of evil things, uh, <laughs> they want to do, like, an extra 
expert level, like a super expert. Uh, they, that's another yeah. addition to it where they're adding like harder levels. I hope it's I just. I my head around that. <laughs> I, ho- I hope it's just gonna like maybe even out the expert stuff because I've tried like playing through like Mario hundred hundred Mario Challenge Expert. Those levels are just awful. Like they're just like so awful and like not fun. Terrible. You know and they're not and regulated well enough to to be fair. They yeah they they seem inc- incredibly cheap and like not challenging. So hopefully maybe they're doing this so they can move some of those levels to the super expert. And put some better levels in expert. I don't know. I do believe it said that you only played six levels in the super expert mode. Oh, really? I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't catch that. I think so. I think that's what old Bill said. Oh well, it makes it a little easier, I guess. But still, man, some of those levels that are on there are, are ridiculous, and not like yeah, yeah, Just, and, like super cheap way. You know, not in a fun way. Yeah, and I mean, you could be cruising along for a little while and feel like he. I got this, I got this, and then bam, you'd hit one of those levels that's like, you know, probably only ever was beaten one time just when the person played it oh. over and over again to, to get it approved. Oh, sure, yeah, just beaten by whoever made it. And they know yeah, like, and the secret. Yeah, that's the only time in history. And they know, they know whatever secrets are in there, too, so they know if there's an easier way through. And, of course, I'm sure they played it multiple times building it, so they, you know, it gets easier. But uh, I'm sure uh, it was my, you know, my favorite part. I'm sure it was your favorite part was uh, just how much they told us about Mario and Sonic at the Olympics 2016. I mean, I was really, I was really hoping for that game, and I'm glad they covered it. <laughs> it was. I was watching the direct on my phone, and uh, as soon as that came up, I just threw my phone like I just have excitement. I threw it like across the room, and it landed like in a pile of laundry. And I was like, "Oh crap! Oh crap!" Like I had to dig around for it. Luckily, I didn't break yeah, my right. phone, but it just it took me like, oh my gosh! I think I was also kind of trying to do shot put a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Hey, I'm just surprised. Uh, I guess it, I don't know. I guess they don't have a whole lot of games for the year. They'll they'll push that one, but yeah, I haven't seen any. They always of them. they've always pushed the Mario and Sonic games. Like they always like play on those because you know they've got licensing stuff going on with them. I bet that they make nice money off of those games. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't know. I, I haven't. I mean, I haven't really seen much about it since the first Wii one. But I, maybe I've just learned to tune it out over the years. I don't know. But yeah, maybe just suddenly like, yeah. this just, this will just be the amazing model, and the fact that it takes place in Brazil or whatever just that's just what'll make it. What's well, the? It's the six player rugby or whatever the the new you know whatever the new thing is they added on there. Yeah, it's got rugby. So, oh yeah, and what was the? Uh, interpretive dancing thing on there it's called like rhythm rhythm balance something did you see that like what are their other what (laughs) i watched the direct a couple of times but i don't remember that part it was like it was like they're like and the new additions are like rugby and uh and this other weird dance thing that's in there that uh i think rosalina was doing like with some sort of baton rhythm balance whatever i don't know capoeira probably not I, I don't know. It, it sounded funny to me. Yeah, I I, uh, I probably won't be getting that game, but it's still nice to see that Sonic and Mario are still hanging out. You know, they're still ha- they're still doing the Olympics. They've been doing it since yeah. uh, whenever the Wii came out. I wonder how many of those are there are by now. There's got to be like ten of them, right? I mean, if they make one like every year, I don't. Well, know. they make uh, they make them for every Olympic. I think. Well, and they, they make, uh, yeah, they make summer and winter, right? So they do two different ones. 
Yeah, so it would be every two years they were releasing uh, a version for each console. So probably, yeah, probably if it started in 2000, probably 2008 maybe was the the first one. So it's probably been a lot. (laughs) I don't even want to do the math. Probably like 14 games. Yeah, I mean, I played... Uh, I, my old roommate Nick, like he bought he bought the first one and we played it, the very first of Mario and Sonic at the Olympics, and it was okay, you know, for what it was. Competitive Olympicing. Uh, it's a uh, rhythmic clubs is what it's called, the gymnastics okay. mode that was just added, R- rhythmic clubs, and rugby sevens. So you know, which if you're gonna be ry- rhythmic, you should do it at a club. So makes sense. <laughs> yeah, totally. So you know, just there's something to sit on, just for you to remember is. Uh, you got that coming, and there's the and it's coming quicker in uh, for the 3ds, the March version. So you got that. March. Yeah. Speaking of uh, speaking of strange games on there, uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions FE. What do you think about that? <laughs> that game. So that's the game. That's the game that combines. Uh, is it the? What are the games? I know it's obviously elements of Fire Emblem, and then like it's uh what's, fuck, what's, what's it called? Um. I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. It's made by Atlas. Yeah, it's a uh, uh, Persona. Megami or Persona. It's Persona. It is Persona. You're right. Yeah, it's Persona, but it's but it's the same thing. The to, to what you just said, the Tensei Megami, whatever, is also a part of Pers- or Persona is a part of that also. So. Oh okay. So yeah, it's it's going to be super Japanese, and I don't know. I might. And the name that, is very long. It's like it's like if you like if you like a. Uh, JRPGs, then here you go. I like that. I like that it's all that they're keeping the Japanese voice on it and it's subtitled. I guess some people were mad about that, but I prefer, I prefer to have the option, the option of Japanese and just read it. I wish that, I wish you would have had, I wish you could have done that for Xenoblade, either of them, for Xenoblade 1 or Xenoblade X. Would have been nice. I always use subtitles anyway. Like, I always like to have, so I can read everything and make sure I'm catching everything. So, yeah, sure. uh, might as well be in the original language, then the, the mouth movement won't be as weird. Yeah, because the mouth movements I think is made for the Japanese, so it always looks really off. Like when you do the English version, like even if they re-recorded it or whatever, you know. So I'm I'm happy about that that it has a Japanese soundtrack. I mean, it looks super weird in Japanese, and I like those type of games. So and they're that's they're a, going for thumbs that. up they, for me. Just, yeah, that's that's the sell. That's what they're selling it on, and I like that they did that with uh, Zeno. Xenoblade as well a little bit, you know. They were like, "If you like Japanese RPGs, you're gonna love this." And they're right. That's very another very Japanese RPG. Yeah, so I'm psyched. I'm psyched about it. I mean, I, I think it's what did it had a June release. I think they gave they gave it a release for it. So you know, there's there's that to look forward to in Wii U, Wii U Land. They did. This was a pretty meaty Nintendo Direct. I think there was a lot to talk about. Yeah, no, there was there was a lot of good stuff on there. I just there were some of them that were kind of yeah. Oh, I <laughs> I forgot to mention Slippy's, me un- Slippy's uncle Grippy. Don't forget him. <laughs> oh yeah, I wrote He's his name down because it was funny. Sounds so like well, it, creepy. <laughs> and it reminds me of uh, uh, it, it instantly made me think of like Chewbacca's family in the Star Wars Christmas special, which was like uh, <laughs> was one of the family members Grippy. <laughs> No, one of them was Itchy, and one of them was oh, I can't remember what his son's name, but it, his dad's name was Itchy. Oh, <laughs> wow. in it, so it's Chewy and Itchy, and then I can't remember what the other what the son's name was now, but yeah, uh, that's what it reminded me of. But it also kind of like 
you know, I was tra- trying to analyze it. And you think of Slippy is always kind of portrayed as like getting into trouble all the time. You have to save him in the Star Fox games. So you oh, think sure. Gri- Grippy must have more of a grip on reality. You know, he must be like <laughs> more better composed than his nephew. Yeah, Grippy, he's uh, he's doing a lot better. He's got <laughs> he's he's got his own security uh, company. He's you know, older, he but he's but he's got shit in check. <laughs> where he makes so, those uh, makes his those mind cameras. hasn't started slipping yet. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if like <laughs> is it's like Slappy in there too? What's he like, or, or is that uh, I don't know. Slappy's the one that just throws the cameras wherever he doesn't really <laughs> think too much about it. Yeah, he just slaps them down. Um, I will say so, like not to get off of that too much. I mean. I love talking about the uncle, but uh, I was actually pretty interested in a really weird game that they showed made by Game Freak. Uh, oh, uh, pocket, pocket card jockey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That looked no. like it might actually be a ton of fun. Yeah, what a weird. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I can't really tell much from it, but yeah, it should be good. I mean, Game Freak, their games are pretty good, so I don't know. Yeah, pocket card, pocket card jockey. I wasn't really sure what that to think of that. But, it looks like something that I could get into. Like basically, you're playing like a, you know, I'm going just by what Bill told me. But <laughs> yeah, you uh, name dropping here. But uh, you're playing like a simplified game of solitaire, and then somehow that's affecting how your horse performs in the race. And then you build up your horses, and you retire them, and then you breed them. It could be pretty sweet. So it's so it's kind of some sort of speed solitaire, I guess, where. Uh... Yeah, how how quickly you do it helps your horse uh, race better, I guess. Right. Well, I think of it as like uh, maybe one of those games, like the puzzle, the puzzle quest games, you know, where they're just taking a a fun, addictive puzzle element and having it affect the action on the other screen or whatever. And so sure. you're kind of playing two games at the same time. Too and bad then they add yeah. that extra, like breeding and stuff in there too. Sure. Too bad it's solitaire and it's not like a more exciting game to play, like on the side of the horse thing. But I don't know. I mean, or maybe, maybe, could, maybe it'll be cool, cooler. I mean, I, I played solitaire on the computer back in maybe, the day, but I don't know. Tri Peaks, you remember Tri Peaks? That was pretty exciting. Oh, maybe sure. Tri Peaks solitaire. I don't know. I like I like those. I like the weird handheld games. They always catch my fancy. So oh sure, you know, that's yeah, a, definitely. That's if that ends up being like as awesome as I hope it's going to be, I'll have it to go. I can take it wherever I want to go. What about a uh, Planet Robobot? What do you think about that game? I think it, I think it looks pretty cool. Planet Robobot. Kirby. Uh, oh, Kirby. Kirby, is that Kirby Planet Robobot. Yeah, that's what it's called. Mech Kirby. It looks like a Kirby game with mechs. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm burnt out on Kirby games. I've been burnt out on Kirby games for a long time. Oh yeah. Well, Kirby, Kirby's like, like uh, okay, they're endearing and everything, but I think this Kirby two on the Game Boy was the last one that I really got into. And then, yeah, I guess that the uh, Kirby Superstar was pretty sweet on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, I did like that game a lot. Yeah, I think the one, I think the last. Well, I, I really like the Clay Kirby game that they that they had on on Wii U of a recent one that I got into that. But the the one before that that I really got into was like. Uh, was a Kirby sixty four? Like I played, I played that when it came out. But Kirby's kind of like the test pilot for like whatever weird idea they have, you know. So, from what I, you know, from what this looks like, it looks pretty cool. I don't know. I was imagining like, what if it was just a regular game about a dude with a Mac, you know, that wasn't Kirby? I don't know what that, what that, what that would be like. 
But that's kind of how they do. Like when they have like a weird idea, they're like, "Oh, we'll put Kirby on it." You know, we'll see see if it'll still sell. It's kind of hard not to see the mech though as just like a you know an animal buddy you're riding because like they've already had that in Kirby where you get the like the animal buddies you get to ride on. I think it was Kirby Two or Kirby's Adventure. I don't remember. Uh, do you remember that there were the animal friends you had that you would ride their backs, kind of like Yoshi? Oh, I don't. Well, which which one? I, I think it was the second one on Game Boy. Oh, okay. I only played the first one on Game Boy, so I don't know. Right. I, I've only played like like I said, I've only played a couple of Kirby's. I mean, I played and like. Then I don't Game think Bo- they had the Animal Buddies in any of the other ones. That was kind of a exclusive to that game. That's what it reminds me of a lot. Oh well, taking it taking it back old school. Then I guess I don't know. It looks all right. I mean, I, I'm not really you know I'm not really like quick to buy Kirby games, but. I think this one looks looks nice. looks It looks interesting. I don't know. I'll you know see how it goes from there. But yeah, it was a pretty. I mean, there was there was all sorts of good. I mean, there was some interesting stuff announced on this. Uh, as Azure and uh, the uh, Azure Striker Gunvolt too. That one looks cool. I never played the first one, but the second one looks pretty nice. Looks. I didn't play it either. I guess. The, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's on sale for the next couple of days or something. They want you to buy it. To get ready, for yeah. This. I think the I think the first one's on sale like until the release of the second one, and I think it was Monster Hunter that's only on sale for like two for like two days. So if you okay. want Monster Hunter Four, twenty dollars, it's half, half price. I mean, they've had a lot of Actually, deals on Monster deal. Hunter, but it's tempting. But I don't know. I mean, might as well wait till Cross now, right? Or Monster Hunter Generations? I yeah, guess. Generations. Just, those those game those games require like so much of your time that it's kind of hard. I don't know. It's hard for me to get to get one if I know another one's coming out. You know, because I know you're gonna have to pay one play one for a long time to get to get everything out of it. So do, does we'll anything the next transfer one. between uh, like if do you move anything like a save file to the next sequel or is it a, a new thing every time? I don't know. I've only played the only, the only Monster Hunter I've played is uh, Monster Hunter Three on, on uh, Wii hey. and Wii. I played them on both on both systems, but uh, okay. but there was something in the direct saying that that yeah, there is something transferring between Monster Hunter Four and Monster Hunter Generations, but they didn't say what it was. So they said that you would get some benefits from having a save file from the last game. So I don't know what that is. But I think you I, are getting something. I think I know why you're pretty excited about. Uh, Monster Hunter Generations. It's because yeah. of the Marth costume. You want to buy oh, yeah. of that. <laughs> well, kind of. I don't know. There were, there were Link costumes in Monster Hunter 3, so they had Zelda stuff in that. So, you know, who knows? But it looks, yeah, it looks not... cool. Hyrule Warriors, they did some stuff with that, I guess. I mean, I I don't see reason to buy it to own two of them. I mean, I already have the Wii U one. and I, And I like it all right. I play, uh, you know, whenever I play it, I play it for a while, but I don't, I don't play it that often. But I don't know when I got it, the story mode was pretty fun. But I, I, I like the. I wish those characters were available for the Wii U one. I would get them for that. Like you could get like uh, the pirate Zelda and the boat, and like uh, yeah, the Toon Link and all that. Which I don't know if they they haven't said if they aren't, but if they were, then I'd return to that game again. So but, the character uh, they're bringing is Medley. The, uh... The violin, or not a violin, the harp, the harp player from uh, Wind Waker, right? Yeah, the harp player with a fake nose, or it looks like a fake nose. I know she has a bird nose. It looks fake though. It looks like a plastic nose. 
I guess she's supposed to be like a precursor to the Zora. Oh yeah, because doesn't she? Uh, yeah, isn't, isn't there a isn't there a Zora like spirit? Zora. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't know. So she she has the Zora spirit, or she is that's the one she communicates with, or whatever. I, I think know. so. I mean, there's a Zora spirit in there somewhere, but I don't remember if it's her or which was the other one. There's another. Oh, there's the there's the tree spirit also, but I don't remember what he what he. Yeah, and remember with. he he just looked like a one of the kids from uh, the village you start in uh, Ocarina of Time. He looked like one of the Kokiri. And uh, oh, then, the spirit. Uh, yeah, the spirit that he was. Uh, yeah, the violin spirit the, or whatever. And then the Kokiri in the future, when you know the world's flooded, the Deku tree like they're they're in a different form. They're in that weird leaf guy oh, okay so i thought I, so in my like head i kind of like made the decision that uh that the she, zora that she was connected the, to the, the zora yeah. yeah the zora became like the flying bird people somehow hmm. which i don't know if it's true but i always wondered sure well i mean when the world like flooded wouldn't it be better for them because they had more where more places to go now that everything's yeah. like water i don't know who knows? Because they they almost don't they almost die out in Twilight Princess. I don't know. I will find. I'll find out. I mean, once I start playing it again tomorrow. But I thought that there was some there were some tragic happenings in Twilight Princess involving uh, the Zoras. Yeah, and same with uh, Ocarina of Time because it freezes over and you don't ever see it like thaw out in the credits. Oh sure, and yeah, in the future, the 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 water gets frozen. So yeah, that's probably they they probably reference that. I don't know. It's been a long time. Which they they mentioned they mentioned that a little bit. Twilight Princess on the uh, on the direct mentions yeah, Pokemon tournament, Pokemon tournament a little bit. I'm still I'm still like in, I'm still interested in that game. Like I might I don't know. We'll wait wait to see more stuff when it comes out. But as of right now, I really want to play it. Like I think it looks interesting. There aren't really like any good fighting games on the Wii U, are there? Not it's, Smash Brothers. <laughs> well, yeah, of course Smash Brothers. But I mean, like. You know, Street Fighter Five just came out on a PS4. Yeah. I've played that a little bit. It's pretty fun. Um, sure. Yeah. I'll so wait, be, I mean, I'll, yeah, it would be kind of cool to have a nice deep 2D fighter. Sure. Yeah. All we all we really have is a Tekken Tournament, which was a launch title game for Wii U. Okay, so this will be something in that vein because it's Tekken. Yeah. Inspired. Well, they worked. The, I mean, the guys who made Tekken worked on Smash Brothers, so. They have a they have okay. a working relationship with Nintendo, so that's kind of where they're going with it. I so, never knew. I don't that. know. Yeah, they uh, they because um, there was like there were rumors about Tekken characters coming into the Smash Brothers, but they they weren't. But I think there's there's um there's like there's like costumes like me costumes involving like uh, Virtua Fighter and stuff like that. And cool. I think uh, I think a couple Tekken ones, but yeah, no, they yeah they helped they they had a hand in uh in, in Smash Brothers Wii. So I guess that's probably where the where the Pokemon tournament came from. But I'm I, I'm interested to see it. I'm interested to see, to see where it goes. You know, if it has enough depth to it. But it looks interesting. So how did you feel about Federation Force being like? Didn't you kind of feel like <laughs> they were sort of like apologizing and doing like damage control a little bit when they were like, "This well, is sure. the game. We've been working on it since 2009. Like it's a serious game. Like." in the Metroid Prime universe. And it only makes sense not to have Samus as the hero because of the way this story is. Like, sure. They were kind of like defending it a little bit, it felt like. Well, it was the producer of the game. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, well, they're basically trying to... Because when they showed it last at E3, 
everybody kind of jumped down their throats on it, which I thought was a little bit too much. It was but, too um, much. There was actually uh, an online people asked petition. Them to, yeah. Yeah. yeah to not was only, make the game. Yeah, which is stupid. That's that's ridiculous. It's like, it come on, stupid. just let it, let them finish, let them. And I heard, like, you know, Reggie said, like, you know, calm down. It's a good game. Like, you know, leave them alone. But I, I liked it. Yeah, they're basically kind of doing damage control, being like, yeah, Bill was like, so there were some questions about it when it was announced. Yeah. Questions, but. Well, if you remember, I mean, it's kind of sad, but the last I want, the last time I want to spoke on camera was kind of apologizing for E3, and I think a lot of that was the backlash to Federation Force. You know, they had never had, I don't think they'd ever had people saying, don't make that game, we hate it, just don't even make it. Like, that was probably pretty hard to deal with, hearing that from your fans, you know, from your install base. Whether or not that was all the people that were signed that petition were from, like, were actual Nintendo fans, you know, they probably weren't. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of, I don't know, it seems childish to be like, to be like, oh no, don't make it. I mean, after, I, I don't know, after I played, uh, after I played like, twi- like Tri- it, just don't buy it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, after, after I played, uh, Triforce Heroes, I was like, I was like, oh, you know, I was really excited about that. I like that, like, online three player stuff, and, and I'm, I, th- I think Federation Force looks cool. I mean, I, I'm excited about it. If it's if it's half as They're good actually, as tri- if it's half as good as Triforce Heroes, it'll totally be worth it, I think. And I thought it, it looks, looks cool what they showed like for they, it. Uh, yeah, they, it looks like they're uh, based on your inventory management in that game. Uh, that you have to be like a class. You know, you kind of pick a class of what fighter you're going to be on your team. So you know, you're either the healer, or you're like the the strong person that's up front. You know, where you're like someone that stands back because they have the projectile weapons, the better projectile weapon or whatever. So. You know, it looks like there's some, you know, like it's a kind of the new generation of first-person shooters, or, you know, the newest generations, I should say, for the past several years, have been all about this co-op thing where you're like, you all have different strengths and weaknesses, you know. Sure. So I think that's kind of cool. I mean, it makes it really deep, and, you know, I don't know how, I'll try it. It's not really my kind of game, but I still like that they're, you know, they are kind of justifying this presentation that, it's a deep game. It's not just a one-off thing. It's not just like us taking advantage of the franchise to make this other game. So let's see. Let's hope it's a great game. I, I'm excited about it. I mean, I'm 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 more in the positive side of it right now. Like I'm looking forward to it coming out. And as long as it doesn't, you know, get awful reviews, I mean, I'm planning on getting it. I I think it'll be fun to do. And I mean, I'd like to do some online stuff with it. You know, like I said, I really liked what they did with Zelda, so I expected it should be. Similar, or hopefully it'll be sort of, you know, almost as good. Lost Reavers. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that one looks interesting. It's like free to play, right? Didn't they say it was free? I don't remember. There was. Uh, I know. Right. I know the um, the ami- the amiibo game that they that they did, Mini Mario and Friends. That's free. So that. Might I know be that's something. great. That, that gives you a reason to collect an amiibo if you're actually going to be, you know, having. A game attached to each one. Yeah, it's like well, you get a download code with an amiibo, but you can download it on the online also and just scan your amiibos and play it. So, so for for people who have like fifty amiibos, then then you can just buy it online and use your stuff for it. So, yeah, um, I think that there's only eight types right now, but I'm sure they'll update it if it's successful. If people are using it a lot. Oh, you mean like what what you can use for it? 
Yeah, I think there's only eight characters. Yeah, because right yeah, because what I, from what I saw, it was like what Mar is like Mario, Donkey Kong, Rosalina was I think the only ones they showed of what their of what their uh, powers were. But I'm sure it'll just be the regular Mario set to start off with. But you know, we got to use like Lucas and Ness for something, right? <laughs> but you put them in right. There. Maybe they will. Maybe like enough people will play it. I don't know though because. They just they probably just need to test the waters and see if it seems like that helps drive amiibo sales anymore to make, you know, specific content for each one in this one game. Because it's probably still a lot of development involved in making these extra games. Sure. It was there was another thing, uh there was another thing I saw that was that had amiibos. I mean what, I mean there was a lot of like I know yeah, Pocket Tournament has a special Amiibo card if you buy it soon enough. Oh, Paper Mario is going to have more Amiibo stuff on it. Color Splash, yeah. of course. But uh, apparently uh, Paper Jam had Amiibo stuff as well, which I never got around to playing that one. The, so a little bit of Dragon Quest Seven stuff. That's pretty cool. I mean, I'm excited about playing those whenever those come out. I am too, man. They look great. And those, I don't know. It's just some games, like to me, feel like I want to play them on a console. Some games, I'm like, this will work okay on it on my portable. And sure. I don't know. Since I've never played, because was it? Is it? It's a port, right, of a PlayStation Two game? Yeah, it is. It's either a PlayStation One or PlayStation Two game. Uh, Dragon Quest Seven is, but um, it's from what I read. From I, I was listening to a podcast on uh, Retronauts about about Dragon Quest, and the, I think from what they were saying, Dragon Quest Seven was pretty much unplayable. Like or the first time was very very difficult to play through, so they were really okay. excited about the remake of it on 3ds because it was so like convoluted the first time around. So, which they did should. say they they made a point in the presentation today to say that it was remade. Yeah, much a brand new game. Yeah, remade from the ground up. So that's probably I guess I didn't know that background, but that makes sense that they would be like, just so you know, this is completely different. It's a complete remake sure. from the ground up. Yeah, because what they were saying that it was a if, if that's what I'm thinking of. They said it was a yeah, it was it was difficult. It was hard. It's a cool idea, but it's hard to hard to play through. So they were really excited about playing the playing the 3ds version. But at that point, it wasn't announced for America, so they were talking about like having to import it or tra- you know learn Japanese and all that to play it. I believe I have. I, I know I have one of the Dragon Quest games on DS. I got it for pretty cheap on eBay. I think it was nine nine on there. Oh yeah, nine. That was one of the newer ones because they re-released. Um, they released like a, I think three, four, and five also, right? Or at least like four and five on DS. I just remember it was pretty like people were kind of taken aback, but Nintendo fans are stoked when uh, they decided that they were going to make like whatever. I can't remember which one it was. Maybe it was nine. Because nine, I think nine is the uh, yeah nine is the most recent one, and ten is supposed but, to be. It's supposedly on NX. That's what they said. So. But yeah, they had a uh, jump ship from Sony and decided to release the next game exclusively on Nintendo's handheld. So that was kind of cool. Like, you know, instead of jumping up to the newest generation of the, the Sony console, they sure. decided to just hop over where they felt like the spirit, the spirit of that device for whatever reason is what they wanted their game to be on. I guess is kind of what I gathered. Yeah, I mean, from what I heard, is they always they always kind of go towards whatever's selling the best, and I guess DS was doing so well in Japan that they they jumped to that, you know, because they wanted to oh, be sense, able yeah. to reach the most people in Japan. Because Dragon Quest is like huge over there, 
like you know bigger than Final Fantasy and all that, and it never really hit here. But for the DS for that, was yeah, huge too during that time period. Yeah, like, so that's what they're going for. Everybody had a DS. That was like it was a lot like the Wii. Like everybody had a DS. Like grandmas had DSs. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> they were playing Brain Training and all that, all those games. Yeah, brain Training and Nita- and Nintendo Dogs. Yeah, Nintendo Dogs, man. So yeah, so casual market. Uh, what did you, what did you think of uh, speaking of casual market? What did you think of the Disney Art Academy? I <laughs> I thought so much of it that I didn't even make any notes about it. It's not on here. I, I just that was just one I kind of was just like okay you know there's that cool I'm not gonna get it but there it is I haven't played any of those Art Academy games so I don't really know I don't really know what to expect from those I played um so I downloaded whatever the okay so there were like two versions of it released for the Wii U I got the first version which was like five bucks or something it was really cheap and then. If I remember correctly, they released a second version that was like, if you had the first one, it was only like 20 or something, but I never bought it. But uh, I don't know, what I've played of it, it's kind of fun. It's If you feel like doodling, you know, on your Wii U gamepad, you can with your stylus. You know, it's something fun to do, like, but I know I, I might have used it five times. So I never bought the the later iterations. But something about drawing Disney characters is kind of cool. It, could, it might be able to teach you how to draw other kinds of cartoon characters. Sure. I mean, people are going to like it. I was just, you know, just wasn't, wasn't for me, I guess. Out of right. all of, I mean, there's a lot of stuff on there, so it's just kind of like that one was just like, hmm, okay. But, uh, one actually, my, my favorite, my, the one thing, there were two things I like yelled like yes for. Well, maybe three, I guess, with the NES R Wing, but SNES R Wing. But I said yes for, for the Super Nintendo thing. And I also said yes for Rhythm Heaven because I love those games. And I'm happy that Rhythm Heaven is making its way to the United States again. So, super excited for that for the Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix. It's one of one of my favorite announcements of stuff that uh, hadn't been announced yet. So, I know you like those games a lot. I've uh, played them at your house. You brought them over to my house when you visited most recently. Uh, the Wii version, I believe you had. Yeah, the Rhythm Heaven Fever was the last one that came out for Wii for the Wii, which is cool. But it's I guess. Fun. This one has uh this one has the uh, Game Boy Advance Rhythm Heaven games which never came out here on there which is awesome. So I'm super psyched. That's awesome. So there's a t- butt ton of le- it's pretty much all of them, right? It's like kind of what I gathered it was all or maybe it's the best of all the games. Yeah, I don't know. I cuz I know I know there was a Japanese Rhythm Heaven that just came out not that long ago and I I'm sure it's a version of that probably. But yeah, it's it sounded like a greatest hits sort of thing. But it also sounded like they had the whole version of the Game Boy Advance one on there, so I don't know. Yeah, like a greatest hits. It's probably just chock full of content. It sounds like it. It has uh, new levels too. I do remember them saying so. Yeah, you know there will be stuff you've, you've never played before on there besides the original Game Boy Advance, which I have played a little bit of that on an emulator. It was pretty fun. Oh yeah, yeah. All, yeah, all I played was the uh, DS one and the Wii one, but I, I like both of them. But yeah, it's just it's just nice to see more support for for Rhythm Heaven. So did we talk? We didn't really... You might have mentioned it, or maybe you didn't. I can't remember now. But uh, the next Bravely Default. Oh, yeah. No, we didn't mention Bravely Default yet. What was the uh, what was the um, job that they said in there? With Catmancer? Something like that? Do you remember it? Where you, like, where you, like steal the abilities of beasts and put cat. them into cats? I thought that was yeah, pretty awesome. But, the, but you have to pay the cats with treats for them yeah. to do the spells you teach them. That's another uh, another Japanese thing. 
Well, that was yeah, I don't I don't, I don't know if you played. Did you play Bravely Default at all? The first one. I played. I just played the demo. It was fun, but I never played through the actual game. Yeah, I was like super. I was like super pumped about that game because it was finally SquareSoft like returning to, you know, the type of games that I wanted to play, like the turn-based stuff. But mm-hmm. the, um, I don't know. The, 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 the there was like hard. There, the story was like hardly there, and the and like the voiceups were pretty bad. So I could only, I only got so far with it. But the battle system was insane. Was insanely good for what it was. So. I don't know. I mean, I, I bought yeah. it. I bought it, but didn't, but didn't finish it. I was hoping to finish it before the second one came out, but we'll see. I remember I, the. Uh, it was like a risk reward system where like you took more damage, but you dealt more damage. Was that what it was? Or yeah, you can like you can like give up turns to like go more in a that's row. That's right. You and give you can, up turns. That's right. Yeah, and you can also like you can also like uh, fast forward the the battle speed, and you can like set it on an auto fight too. Like so, so when you're going through, so like every. Um, Every random battle, you'll do the same thing, you know. But but you can set it like if you if you like default or whatever. It's I forget what it's called. It's been a while since I played it. But where you like give up your turns to attack like multiple times in the beginning. If you're going through like a dungeon, you can basically you know kill them all in one hit by doing that like in the beginning. So it makes it a lot less tedious for the random battles. But there's also a slider that you can set that says um, that will you know. Where you can gauge like how many times you're attacked, pretty much. Like you could put it all the way down to zero if you're about to die and walk all the way out of the out of the dungeon without getting attacked, which I thought was awesome. So like like the adjustability of stuff like that was really really cool. I just wish it had a had an intriguing story on top of it because it kind of really didn't. But but as far as like the battles and like game control, like it worked amazingly. So what's it called? It's bravely second skin or something. I can't remember what it's called. It's got a kind of got a weird name. Second layer, bravely default. Second, second layer. layer is what it's called. Not second skin. <laughs> I mean, but the, the name is already bravely default, so you know you expect you expect it to be. It's going to be something that doesn't make any sense. It's like devil's third. You know, like what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. It's like a weird, you know, Japanese putting random English words together. You know. Yeah, but looks interesting, and uh, if I remember correctly. Maybe they didn't say anything about it in this presentation, but I thought something carried over from the last game. Maybe not. Um, uh, there will sure. be a demo available on March 10th, though, so we can try it out. Yeah, there'll be a demo. I know that. And they said uh, they said the first demo is still available, also, in case you want to try that. So, oh yeah, they, I know they said the demo is like a story that's not in the game, so that's cool. It's like a completely separate thing, so it's not like. Like I thought the demo for the first one was done really well. Where you had like that town that like when you turned it off they would like people would add to it and like it had really cool like street pass stuff to it. Yeah. That was cool. And I played that a lot. I put probably I think I put like over ten hours into that demo just Yeah, I think I played I think I played the demo more than the actual game. <laughs> you know, because maybe by the time the game came around I was a little I was a little spent on it. But I don't know. We'll see. Maybe if I can uh, if I can get through get through that game and maybe I'll give the second one a go. But as of right now, it's kind of on the back burner, but you know, it looks, looks like a pretty interesting year so far, I guess, from what they're showing. So I'm still, you know, I'm still bummed that there was no Zelda footage, but you know, what can, what can you do? Right. Well, they were very clear that this was going to be, you know, spring and early summer releases. Isn't that what they said? Or maybe they even just, yeah, they, I mean, they they mentioned that it goes through June. I think June's the, latest release of anything they mentioned 
Sure. Yeah, I don't think there's any fall stuff, but still. Well, you know, besides, like, yeah, saying later, 2016, I think they might have said that at some point. Yeah, there's some stuff that just said later in the year, but it's still, it's still, you know, a lot of people are real hungry for the Zelda, for Zelda stuff, and I'm sure that'll be its own full direct whenever they get to that. But, oh yeah, absolutely. But still, and I, and I, and E3, it's gonna have to be at E3 if they're planning on releasing it this year, and it's gonna have to be playable too. It's just weird. Uh, it's so weird what little they've shown of that, right? You know, like. Think like what was it? Two years before uh, Twilight Princess came out, like you had seen more of yeah. that than you have of Zelda Wii U. I mean, isn't that weird? Well, you know, what do, what do they say? Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Maybe that's not the right use of the term, but I guess you know, by but... <laughs> like de- depriving us of this information, we want it more. Sure, but you need some sort and of doing exposure. Doing a damn also. good job, like keeping stuff from leaking. Yeah. Well, they're considering yeah. that a lot of people knew there would there might be a new Paper Mario game a couple of days ago. Sure, yeah, I've I've seen stuff about that for a while. Actually, people talking Paper Mario, like there was all sorts of things saying that the A Thousand Year Door HD remake, you know, was was leaked. So they've been talking about that for a while. Which that they wait until Twilight Princess to announce that maybe maybe not. But um, yeah, there was I, there was some article I saw online from like one of the indie companies, I guess, or a company that works for Microsoft, that was like kind of trying to throw Nintendo under the rug, saying that they were hurting themselves by not telling anybody about the NX, you know, because nobody has time to develop anything, you know, if it is planning on coming out this year, which makes sense to a point, I guess. But a lot of people jumped down their throat on that, like for saying they're being unprofessional for what they said about about it. But I don't know. At this point, it's kind of like, you know, you should show something if you expect anybody to buy it. I read some random rumor the other day. You know, take it for what it is. It was a rumor. I don't even have a source at this point. But uh, it was essentially saying, like, something that leaked about the NX where develop, developing it for it was really, really easy to where, like, it could easily convert current-gen games, like, for other consoles, like that there was some conversion tool or something that made, you know, like Xbox One and PS4 games really easy to transfer over. So I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be the case, really, but um, that's interesting kind of layperson take on it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it sounds kind of like a pipe dream thing, you know, being like, oh, yeah, no, they, they have it to where you can do it, like, really easily, which is something that's kind of been unheard of until now. So who knows? I don't know. At this point, it's just kind of like we just got to wait till whatever they say. But, well, uh, PS4 and uh, Xbox One, I mean, they've been around for a couple of years now, so or like a year and a half, so it makes sense that that technology is cheaper now. Well, yeah, sure. And I'm sure they're going to stick around for longer. I hope so. I mean, they don't have a whole lot of games on either of those. You know, it hasn't really no. been much. It has been re- re- hasn't really been much of a generation for any of the systems. I don't think of this generation. Yeah. You know, it's been real weird. Everything's real slow. I mean, I don't know. It's the HD generation or something, but it's, it's, it's weird. It's the indie generation, man. It's the indie generation. Sure. They're the ones that are on top right now. Yeah. I mean, that's that's basically what all the systems have for more than anything else are the indie games, you know? I guess that's kind of what they're what they're relying on, but it's fine. That's well, what it, people want. Well, and, and Nintendo's first party, you know, which they probably they have the strongest first party of any of the other ones, but... Uh, absolutely. I mean, there's, that's basically <laughs> that's basically all they have as first party. Well, plus indies, you know, they've got some of those. So. They do not have 
conversions of games that are out for their systems. Nope, not not yet. So, but that would be what they would need for NX. But we'll see. Is there anything else you would like to say about the direct before before we head out? I think we might have. I don't think. I, I think we covered everything other than uh, that. F- the next Fire Emblem Fates, the Revelation, is out on March tenth. Oh sure, yeah, I did forget about that. Yeah, Fire Emblem Fates Revelation. Everything. I think that I thought that that had already been announced the date, but maybe not. I'm I'm really been following it, so I don't know. The uh, something I forgot to mention yesterday. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but there's like a mad. There's this like a this is huge uh, Ubisoft sale going on on the eShop right now, where like everything's like seventy percent off. So like, if there's any games that you were like thinking about getting by them, you should get it now. Because like like uh, was it Watch Dogs is like fifteen bucks. Uh, all the Assassin's Creeds are ten dollars each. Like um, the Ray- Rayman Legends is ten bucks. You can get like Cloudberry Kingdom for like two fifty. So like all the pretty much all the Ubisoft uh, Wii, Wii U games are super super cheap right now. I haven't played Legends. I played the demo of it, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, but you can get it for ten dollars, which is totally worth it because it's normally have pl- like. Have uh, you played the full game? I I haven't gotten it yet, but I was planning on it. It, it goes to like it goes to like next uh, it goes to like next Saturday. To like the twelfth, the sale okay. does. So, I was planning on getting, uh, I was planning on getting like Assassin's Creed Four and uh, and like Watch Dogs and and uh, Rayman for like thirty bucks, which is pretty awesome. That is awesome. So, full of the games. So yeah, I wouldn't mention that in the last one, but yeah, if you're interested in any of those, they're they're real cheap on on the eShop right now. I guess if that's that's that, then that was our direct coverage. Yeah, do we? I mean, do we want to give our overall? I guess we kind of sort of threw the the time we're kind of giving our impressions, but what was your feeling? Like, I guess I'll just say, I think it was a good direct. Yeah, it was good. It was chock full with a lot of stuff and it had some surprises that you could buy right then. Even though I was disagreed with the price of them, they do. There were some surprise games that you could buy at the time. So they did that. They, and they revealed star Fox guard being added to zero for free. So you get two games for one. Yeah. And it's very nice to know that star Fox is, is done. So hopefully it's good. It's done. Miyamoto told me. Yeah, Miyamoto said it's done, and uh, and Miyamoto said that we're done also, right? <laughs> For this, after uh, we are Starbucks. done. So that's our direct. That's our direct impressions. And uh, tune in next week for our uh, Twilight Princess impressions of Twilight Princess HD, and we'll have a guest. So until then, uh, you know, keep playing those games, play some Pokemon. Why not? See you later. See ya.